Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. Uh, I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Hey, Nana. <laughs> um, and this time in particular, I, I briefly got caught up when I said this is an anime podcast, because it's still kind of like manga's related, but we are we are doing a manga right now. As you probably know, if you listen to the intro episode, um, also if you're downloading this and it's talking about chapters rather than episodes, um, but yeah, we are, we are covering the first six chapters of Nana, uh, which were published in volumes two, and then it's like the first half of volume three. Um, so, yeah, I don't I know guess if there's <laughs> regarding why we've cut volume three in half. Uh. I think we we had a uh, an impasse when we were deciding for Ghost Divers episodes how much material to cover. Uh, yeah, two volumes for an episode seemed like maybe a little too much, and then one volume per episode that was just going to be too many episodes. Yeah, um, and then they a lot of these volumes kind of conveniently divide. Uh, so yeah, more um, or less like one point five volumes per episode from now on yeah we will get to the very end and then it'll be like well if i do 1.5 then i only have half a volume left and it's like yes just read both (laughs) um especially because i i just think having both of those volumes back to back is um you know it's gonna let us just talk about (laughs) it all yeah and it's important yeah um so uh anyway also just as a reminder um, I'm assuming again, people listen to the intro, but in, in case they didn't, uh, this is specifically a reread of Nana, which means that we are going to talk about stuff from much later volumes. Um, and I know, like, I, I'm a person who will listen to lots of podcasts about things that, uh, I haven't seen or I haven't read or whatever that I plan to read or see, cause I, I'm not really that averse to spoilers. I think that like, um, the process of getting to it is more important than like the surprising thing that happens. Um, and so even if you are that person, I just want to like caution you again that like, uh, we are just going to be talking about stuff from later on in a way that might be confusing or hard to follow stuff like that. Um, and I think it's just a, a manga worth reading. So, um, you know, once again, encouraging people just read everything, come back. It's fine if you don't get to this for, for you know, a few weeks or months or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to judge you for that. As long as you read it and then listen. That's the important yeah. part. But if you already know the big twist where it's like, you know, it turns out that the this village is like actually just existing in the modern day. It's not like some medieval village or something. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. It's just and it's like. The, and it's. The, and it's the trees that are creating all the problems. Yeah. The like yeah. illusions. Yeah. Yeah. So once you know that, like if you already know that and you're just like, fuck it, <laughs> I don't care about spoilers. I already knew that. I already know the yeah. big, biggest spoiler. Um, and Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's been dead the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the trees killed him. Um, he died in a car crash. I actually don't remember Caused how he died by in that the, movie. Yeah. He crashed yeah, into the trees. Yeah, yeah, into the trees. Um, 
Anyway. So, yeah. Once you know that, if if you do know that, then just like it's you're probably not going to get. Uh, we're not going to ruin anything for you. Yeah. Um. But we are just going to talk generally about really the biggest thing is uh, that I think we're just going to have to return to the most is there's like a time skip and you like find out more about the future. Um, and that's like the biggest thing that we just like have to bring up, um, I think, in talking about this stuff. But we'll we'll yeah. get into it. Um, I mean, I guess we'll say it here before we do the synopses, but, but we can do the synopses. Um and I, I think I mentioned this in like a previous episode, but so much of the the framing of Nana has these um, often will be like a page at the beginning and the end of the the chapter where you sort of get this like voiceover style narration, um, usually over some sort of like larger image, which is maybe like um, the cityscape of where they are in Tokyo, or uh, maybe it's like a, a photograph of like nana or something mm-hmm. um various things like that um, like a still like a close-up yes. on like the scene that just transpired yeah um and almost like presented like sometimes they'll be presented in this way where it's like uh there's a certain haziness around it or like a a uh, abstraction happening around it that like further emphasizes that like that scene is memory um mm-hmm. and then there's this like voiceover um and that voiceover is like from a very specific time with very specific things happening that then provide when you understand that, I think provide a lot of context about why those voiceovers will often be talking about like, you know, I, I didn't think about it this way then, but you know, I realize now that like, this was like first love or something. Um, and all of that stuff, you know, that that framing is a thing that has like invited that eerie baiting comparison uh or like uh allegation i guess with um with the manga but it I, it's really important to like understand that coming as like this is many years later lots of things have happened and like the characters are specifically reflecting on how important that relationship was and like yearning for a return to it in some way so yeah um yeah and the uh the flashbacks or the the voiceovers themselves are kind of like a uh, embedded narrative um, yeah. where it, that it takes on its own complexity. Um, yeah. But in these early volumes, you know, r- really you're getting additional uh, like considerations and additional interiority, uh, you know, r- relevant to like what uh the timeline that you're reading right now um but that's like a that's about it um but they gradually reveal like or indicate more and more of um actual events that have like transpired leading to this kind of like this time skip or this break um that's creating the distance uh, between the voiceover and like the story that it's interjecting into. Yeah. Um, and also so when you first of- get it, there's a lot of ambiguity around like, um, especially the first time I read it, I was sometimes a little bit unsure which character was supposed to be saying things. And once I knew more about like what that future is, it, it was easier to sort of place that like, here's the character speaking and here's what they're talking about. Um, 
Whereas the first time, especially once both characters become a little bit more focal, sometimes I was like, which, who's the one who's supposed to be talking here? Um, and I, yeah, I feel like that became a lot clearer to me once I sort of knew more of the shape of the story. Um, and also it is this thing of, um, when you're first reading it for the very first time, it's sort of like, what's the context of this? Is it, is it, uh, them just having a conversation? Like, are they sitting together and talking about, Oh, remember when we were young? Because Um, at times it, it seems to be that way. Um, but instead it, it becomes more of this, uh, you know, letters in your head that you would send if you knew where to send them is, is really more what the, this talking to each other is. Um, so, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to more details later. Um, but we want to be so- able to talk about like the chronological location <laughs> of that, yeah. like voiceover of the like narration where it's happening. Uh, hence why spoilers are going to happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, shall we do synopses? Do we want to like trade off chapters? Yeah. You can go first if you like. Um, Sure. So, chapter one, uh, Komatsu Nana, a.k.a. Hachi. Um, I, I should just change all of this to be Hachi, but I, I just copied this stuff over from... Uh, I think I very quickly switched it over to... But I mean, let me just quick, and I'll try and fill in any that I missed uh, as I go. Uh, but so, Hachi spontaneously takes off to Tokyo the moment she learns that Shoji was accepted to art school, and she befriends Nana on the train. Uh, which is severely de- delayed due to a blizzard. After arriving in Tokyo, Hachi is excited at the prospect of living with Shoji, but when she is rebuffed by him for not pursuing her own independence, she searches for a new apartment and ends up once again running into Nana at the showing. Uh, chapter 2. At the showing, Nana and Hachi ultimately decide to move in together and share the apartment. Hachi's friends uh, disagree with her decision, uh, and we learn that Shoji actually wanted to live together with Hachi after all. Uh, and even that he is having thoughts of marrying her uh, someday. Uh, ultimately, however, uh, her friends come around uh, when they when they actually meet Nana. Uh, and especially when they meet her more responsible lawyer friend Yasu, uh, despite how he looks. Um, chapter three, the two Nanas go shopping to furnish their apartment and Hachi acquires two iconic strawberry glasses that will be very important. Uh, I'm currently drinking out of one of, uh, a recreation of one. Um, and she also gets <laughs> the, the sip. There is a nice yeah. touch. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean for it to be such a loud sip, but it was, so it worked <laughs> out. Um, mm. yeah, she... You know, they get furniture, um, and Hachi acquires the two iconic strawberry glasses. Uh, the new nickname, Hachi, which she gets from Nana because, um, you know, both of them being called Nana, that's going to be confusing. And you're just like a dog, Hachiko. I'm going to call you Hachi. It's also a joke because it's the number eight and, and Nana is the number seven. Um, and uh, Hachi also acquires a job at the furniture store, um, plus a Trapness CD, uh, which she buys without really having awareness of Nana's relationship to the band. Yeah. Um, we learned that Trapness to... is her favorite band as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, she she doesn't really go for that Ren type, uh, but could maybe see <laughs> Nana being into him since he does have a bit of that Sid Vicious uh, vibe. Um, mm. But really likes Takumi. He's the he looks like he's a real sweetheart. Yeah, looks Takumi's... like he's the real emotional, uh, sensitive one. Yeah, Takumi is the the hot one. Nana doesn't like yeah. bad guys. Yeah. Uh, or Hachi curi- doesn't like <laughs> yeah. bad guys. Yeah. Curiously, uh, Hachi loves it when guys have uh, kind of long hair. Anyway, she goes to dinner with Shoji, but ultimately ditches him to go back home to her new obsession, Nana. <laughs> Chapter four. The next day, Hachi and Nana have a picnic before Hachi goes to work. After talking with Junko, Hachi worries that she needs to pay more attention to Shoji, um, and also that she feels something is missing, uh, just like generally um, in her life. She goes home to Nana and realizes that she just feels happy when she's with Nana, Interesting. Uh, Nobu stops by. Uh, I don't know if Nobu. Well, yeah, we we have seen Nobu already. Um, yeah. Nobu stops by to drop off Nana's boxes. He's so forgettable, you know. <laughs> it's just easy yeah. to. We you don't notice when he's there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Nobu stops by to drop off Nana's boxes, uh, and Nana is initially kind of like displeased to see him, but. Uh, the two end up playing a tabletop concert uh, for an audience of just Hachi, uh, who is enraptured by Nana's voice uh, when she uh, hears her sing for the first time. Uh, chapter five. After the concert is broken up by angry neighbors uh, saying, why are you making loud noises? We're trying to sleep. Uh, Hachi manages to find a way to spend the night in Nana's bed. The next day, after a couple's argument with Shoji about how she isn't making enough time for him, uh, Hachi is like, I should make some plans to see him. I'm going to go see him after work. And then immediately ditches those plans to uh, instead find a bassist for Nana's band, Blast. Um, And the bassist, uh, who we will learn his name is Shin, Uh, they go to a a practice space to record. or not to record, but like just to, to play and not annoy neighbors. Um, and Nana accepts Shin seemingly because he plays like Ren. Um, and she like idolizes she Ren. Him, yeah, and idolizes Ren. And Nana says, okay, well, you need to beat him now. You need to do better than him. Um, as a reward for, for finding such a great bassist, Hachi wins a kiss from Nana. Uh, meanwhile, the continually neglected Shoji meets a girl who's just as type and is named Sachiko, who uh, is a, a name that um, Hachi has been joking about. You're in love with this other girl named Sachiko. Yeah, like an invented other woman that Shoji, yes. yeah, like a figment of her imagination that Shoji is like cheating on her with. Yeah. Uh, chapter six. A month later, Hachi's string of good luck comes to an end as she runs out of money, uh, loses her job, and unbeknownst to her, is actively losing Shoji to the real Sachiko. However, she comes into a windfall when her mother randomly sends her 300,000 yen. Um, Also, I forgot to finish the synopsis, um, but they they then go home from the windfall and find Yasu there, who's come to to join the band as the uh, drummer. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, these synopses, well, go ahead. Yeah, this is the, the, the basic synopsis of what we have to cover. 
it's funny how the synopses, um, and I think this is just another, uh, it's another way we can see like what really stands out about um, Ayazawa. But when you reduce the like plot into synopses, they feel so scant. Yeah. Uh, in comparison to like the experience of reading the manga, where so much is ha- like in that same span, so much seems to be happening, um, and so yeah. much development is like at play. Uh, that it's really striking <laughs> uh, when we just like read through these and it's like, like the chapter six synopsis is like, you know, two sentences. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think that kind of brings out, uh, I think it's convenient for bringing out like what is actually, uh, you know, the, the substance of, of what's going on um, and how that's not really captured easily by synopsis. Yeah. I mean, the other thing would be, I would just be writing incredibly long synopses, um, which would be, like, fine if I was doing wiki articles. Um, But at a certain point, it's just, like, I just want to ground people, and then we can actually talk through the, like, gritty stuff that's happening. But, like, you know, I'm not going into the, like... uh, Another thing that happens that I don't think I mentioned, uh, Nana, I think it's in, like, chapter four, uh, builds the iconic table. Um... But we also get, like, a flashback to her thinking about putting the the chain around Ren's neck, um, which is, like, a brief moment of interiority that we get for her that we don't in general. Uh, there's, like, a lot of little things, but it it's, it's one of those things where I feel like I either have to do very broad, like, here's a few sentences about broadly what happens, just to kind of anchor us in, like, what's the overarching thing that happened? Or it's like, well, every page or two I have to, like, write something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so every like dialogue needs to be synopsized. Yeah. yeah. So really, a lot of Nana is, um, and it's part of, and and this changes a little bit as it goes on, but like especially at this um, point, the the pages are very dense, and it's like dense with conversations that people are having, um, and conversations that like two people are having might go up against like two other people who are having a separate conversation, but about a related thing. And those are like getting interrelated or like it'll cut to one character has moved and is now having like another conversation with a different character, but is also like working through the same thing, all of this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. And yeah, and you get the very like psychological, uh, style of narration. Um, I mean, I think we, we obviously had it, in volume one. Um, but you really get it here where it's like so much of what's propelling the, not only these like dialogues that are juxtaposed and, um, you know, rich with, uh, detail and significance. Um, and you know, all of these like fully drawn secondary characters with, uh, deep, you know, motivations and like deep emotional uh lives but also like the interiority so much what propels like we spend a lot of time just with in characters interiority especially hachi um where she's just like thinking about something or reflecting on something and you'll have multiple pages stretch stretches of pages where that alone is kind of like propelling the 
um, yeah. the story. Um, yeah, I mean, also it's like, <clears throat> just to like further back up stuff that you said, um, you know, Shoji right now is like such a key character in this, um, <laughs> is, is more prominent than like, uh, you know, Nobu and Yasu have been so far. Yeah. Um, who are going to become like more core characters here. We are like two episodes of Ghost Divers away from the Junko's room at the back, just like joking about how Shoji's not a character in the manga anymore. Yeah. I was laughing <laughs> to myself about this earlier when I was kind of like rereading a little bit. Um, yeah. But there's a point much later in the in the manga where Shoji, like, comes back after not being present for quite a long period of time. Yeah. And you're just, like, at the moment when he comes back, you're just hit with the weight of, like, everything that has transpired, like, in the story. Like, how much, like, all of these characters and all of their lives have shifted. Because Shoji is just, like, completely insignificant at that point. Or mm-hmm. almost completely. Um, he he becomes the sh- like Hotch in the first uh, volume. Hachi's having like this intense, uh, you know, friendship. Will will it turn into something else? Like what's going on with the relationship with uh, Shoji? And is still heartbroken about Asano, but he left like after like four pages and he's going to show up briefly just to have a conversation and she's going to feel a little bit better from that. Um, and it's like that, but even less significant than because she's like not even really heartbroken about him anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so not distant, like, like that. Yeah. It's like if Asano showed up again, like in this volume and it was just like, yeah. oh, hey. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't even care like, about you anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we've really moved on. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with Nana now. Yeah, uh, I mean, sh- I'm. It's Nana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Shoji um, Shoji's still there, but I mean, to the point. Uh, this is what we're about to discuss. Yeah. Um, we're accelerating <laughs> quickly past Shoji, um, and and a, a lot is happening with that. Uh, yeah. Just in the one and a half volumes here. Um, Which is crazy because, you know, the way that the volume two starts is like, I think we talked last time about how volume one, especially for Hachi's segment, it has this almost like, almost a kind of closure to it or seeming closure where it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of like what I would expect, uh, like shoujo you know, a more like typical shoujo narrative to be uh, where it's like, Oh, it's this positive resolution of like, you know, she's not with Shoji yet, but there's like a closure to it because you know that she's going to like eventually, you know, get her shit together and go move in with Shoji. And then they're going to be back together. And you're like anticipating that. And it feels kind of like, there's it feels like there is a resolution there or there could be yeah uh but then like start of volume two uh we get this immediate um like it breaks the story like wide open again uh yeah very suddenly with her getting the like this message from shoji and then well, like going to tokyo 
e- even before that stuff, though, I want to start on the very first page because I think it's important that when we get to here and when we get to everything that's about to happen with the message mes- uh, message from Shoji, it's immediately framed with the very first page of, hey, Nana, remember when we first met? I'm just superstitious. I believe in things like fate. So this has got to be fate. Laugh all you want, dudes. Um, and then what we get is the story of the day they first met, which means that in the memory, in the the recalling of the events, getting the text from Shoji and deciding to move to Tokyo is, is remembered now more importantly by Hachi as the day I first met Nana and not as the day I moved to Tokyo to be with Shoji, my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And that um, this like was the, the definition of like this event, the significance of this like event and point in my life yeah. was like, Oh, I moved to Tokyo because of Shoji. It's like, uh, instead, like I moved to Tokyo and I met Nana. Uh, yeah. and that those two things are, are the, the linkage that is predominant. Yeah. Um, also as a note, um, this is so there's a few parts where like uh the days will will show up. I I guess you see it in the text here. Um March 5th, which which we will learn. I think that we I forget if it came up in volume 1, but that is Nana's birthday. Um and so this being the day that they first met, Nana's birthday, um I think it's just like another significant part in all of this. Um, yeah. Another layer to like the fate coincidence, yeah. Matrix that is, um, taking center stage as a theme, uh, here especially, but you know throughout the the manga. Uh, yeah, the thing that stands out to me, I guess the first thing that stands out to me that to discuss is uh, <clears throat> Hachi talking about this moment where she's reflecting on leaving a home uh, where she's like looking back as basically running away from home. We see the letter that she's left for her parents, um, like saying, you know, I'm moving to Tokyo. Um, And then she's talking about, um, I guess my parents weren't too surprised. Uh, Our family was always in each other's faces. You know, I need to get out. Um, She's. I was basically like stifled there. Um, I always wanted to go to Tokyo, and maybe my parents were, you know, secretly happy <laughs> that I did. Um, but then we have a page transition, and we get like a cut to the station, yeah, um, in the background, and we have uh, this kind of shift in tone, where Hachi saying it hadn't really hit me yet the homesickness of leaving my family and the town I grew up in uh, for the last 20 years. So I think this uh, like reflection culminating in a realization that it, what has been left is family and home. Um, and those two like ideas of family and home losing them uh the I like somebody losing their home and family, <laughs> uh, yeah, coming in so early here, it sets the tone 
um, for, uh, yeah, for some more, for some deeper ruptures of these things, more serious. Um, um and I, I would, I do want to try and go like chapter by chapter, but I want to bring up one thing quick here as well, which is part of when I was trying to decide what, how many chapters do we do or like how many volumes do we do? Part of the thing that made me feel good about like six chapters, let's do one and a half volumes <clears throat> is that uh, chapter six will end on one of the first times that really starts to suggest what that future is uh, in a more clear way, but that is also sort of coming up here um, where we get the, um, you know, Hachi talking to Nana saying, do you still feel like you have no home? The dining room yeah. table and chairs are all still here, just like the good old days. So we also will get specifically in these six chapters. Um, <clears throat> that, uh, that like room 707 become uh, positioned as the new home or the home that, that now from the, the future is the old home that has been left behind that people want to return to. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. We're we're gonna get a lot of that. Uh, the, it it's meaningful that the theme is introduced here uh, because it's kind of like this overture of uh, you know once again uh, to comment on Ayazawa's uh, style and the way this is constructed. We get a lot of themes introduced. Uh, so some themes are introduced overtly, such as the fate theme, which we get, you know, first page, as you highlighted. Um, but a lot of the dynamics and, uh, you know, other uh, themes that are really of concern are introduced subtly, uh, almost unnoticeably. Uh, and then, like, escalated. Um, so here, it's interesting that it's Hachi first, because... Hachi, you know, Hachi's leaving her family because she wants a new life, a new identity. Um, but it's not really high stakes um, because she's not like estranged from her family. We see this, you know, in chapter six uh, when it's very clear that like her family is still looking out for her and they're like on good terms. They haven't cut ties. Um but, you know, once again, uh, we have other characters for whom this is not the case uh, and who are experiencing more severe ruptures um, of uh, around these, um, you know, these ideas of like home and family that really drive them. Uh, and then, you know, Hachi herself being in relation with those characters um, is obviously Nana being the main one. Um and I, I think, you know, so point being, uh, this theme is something to keep an eye on. Uh, it's being gestured at here. Uh, but then again, or, or well, in addition to that, um, I think the other takeaway that it will continue to be um, shown is uh, the seriousness of human relationships. Um, so again, you know, family, home, um, th those things within, within the world of Nana are to a degree like constituted by relationships with other people. Um, and 
the ties that like bind people together, um, these relationships are like deeper and stronger than uh, is obvious a lot of the time. Um, and then, you know, severing them is something that's done at a steep cost. Um, it, so the, the story really wants us to start considering that very early on. Um, and, and this is kind of the beginning of it, building its picture of human relationships and all the, what they are and all the ways that they work. Yeah. Um, one of the other and of things, course that <clears throat> I was going to say, of course that oh, leads yeah. into the, the meeting of the two Nanas. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things that <clears throat> I especially want to like pay attention to and track on this, this read through, um, is there, there are sort of general conventions, um, like there, there are things that Yuzawa Ai does in general, but also there are sort of general conventions of the genre of like romance shoujo. Um, one of them being, and I, I'm wearing uh, from like the new uh, collab with, um, what am I drawing a blank on the name? Um, shirt clothing company. Anyway, there's like a clamp uh, collab. So I have this clamp shirt. Uh, clamp in particular does like really, really elaborate, like, uh, you know, hundreds of hand-drawn petals flying through the sky on a big splash page that's like showing this overpouring of emotion. Um, I sometimes compare it to the way that like bursting into song functions in musicals, um, where I think especially the, the most effective musicals to me, there's some musicals where this happens and I think it's like, uh, too superfluous or like, um, it's not like actually hitting it. Like they sing a song about clam bake in like carousel or whatever. And I'm like, nobody's this hype about a clam bake, but like when you have like <laughs> these moments of like intense emotion in a musical, that will be a moment where that will turn into song. The characters sing and that, that genre convention of the singing is a thing that is meant to emphasize the like overpouring of emotion that characters are having um, and uh, is expressing it through this like very um, over the top or um, you know very additionally like yeah. shift yes um, and a lot of shoujo manga does this through these like really elaborate splash pages um, and this is a this is the thing that in general often draws me more towards shoujo stuff than shonen because a lot of shonen stuff will de devote that sort of um, like intense, like the, the big splash page that's going to have like things drawn in more detail. Um, that stuff often gets used for like sick fights. And I'm just less excited about that than I am about like <clears throat> various emotions have been developing between characters. And then it hits this point where it's like this huge overpouring of emotion or whatever. That's just more interesting to me generally. But anyway, I want to track where some of this like, um, language gets deployed, uh, throughout Nana. And one thing, um, early on, so there's like sort of two forms that, especially within Yazawa I, this stuff takes, because again, I think, um, especially at this point in her career, her, her style is, um, is very dense on the page. 
And so sometimes there are those moments where you will get a specific panel that was will sort of have that um, intensity of emotion. We talked last time about the like, don't touch me m- moment mm. and that being a specific panel. Um, you'll also see this employed in various ways and with slightly different language around uh, moments of attraction that characters have. And there's also a certain like, I want to try and pay attention to um, exactly how is it portrayed, because sometimes we will see, for example, uh, Hachi seeing Mizukoshi. And it's not it's not uh, Mizukoshi, who's like her boss at Sabrina for, you know, the, the length of these chapters and no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he and then he is out of the, the comic uh, to, to, <laughs> to quote the saga slightly. Uh, and then he's out of the saga. Um, but it's not like really giving you this intense image of him and how attractive it is. It's about like uh, Hachi seeing him and sort of going into this like cute voice. And that's more what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you see the stuff show up specifically um, meeting on the train, you do get like Hachi seeing Nana and Nana is portrayed in this like panel with, you know, more elaborate drawing, the the sparkles behind her, all of that. And then also Hachi sort of having the reaction in her own panel that also has sort of that elaborate um, sparkling and everything going on. Yeah, the, the mirroring uh, in that. Yes. Um, and then also the sort of she's hot and so cool. So like immediately what she, she thinks uh, seeing Nana. Yeah. Um, yeah, now we get the emotions expounded on, uh, like, clarified, right? So it's not just, uh, like, the the stylistic elements conveying something. Yeah. But we have that, and then we have it expounded by the dialogue, or the, you know, internal monologue following <laughs> immediately after. Yeah. Um, and then we also get, like, we get a moment where uh, Hachi answers the phone um it's it's shoji and says hey sweetie it's nana and we sort of get the sparkles but it's sort of her like putting on the the you know cuteness her excitement at shoji calling but then we still get the panel of nana reacting and partially it's like she has the same name as me but there's also a certain like taking notice here as well mm-hmm. um one thing that i i want to emphasize especially within like these six chapters um it's a lot of, I talked previously about like, there's ways that uh, Hachi's relationship and how it starts with Shoji is going to become mirrored with Nana. Uh, but one of the, the key differences, especially at this point, is that um, if we are to read, and, and I tend to, like this being about a relationship between these two girls that is uh, at the very least homoromantic, if not like homosexual in the sense of like, they want to have sex. Um, we can talk about the complexities of that as we get further into it, but at the very least it it becomes clearly like a homoromantic relationship that they have. Um, to me, at least people can argue and I will, I will happily argue back. (laughs) Um, especially at at this point to me too, for whatever that's, yeah, (laughs) especially at this point, Hachi's reaction to Nana is, happening at the same level that she will have a crush reaction towards lots of men who show up throughout 
You know, Mm -hmm. we saw it with Shoji. We saw it with other characters. We're going to see like a mini version of it with Mizukoshi, but it is more played for laughs there. Um, And so there is a certain amount where like at this point in the manga, I think that Hachi is very clearly crushing on Nana, but not fully because there is this different like because Nana is a, a woman. And even though homosexuality will come up, they're like aware of it, being aware that like gay people exist is different than coming to that yourself being like, maybe I'm also that that's like an additional step. Just knowing that gay people exist does not immediately unlock the, Oh, that solved my problem of why am I so obsessed with this girl? (laughs) Um, But seeing it as a possibility for yourself. Yes. So she, there's still ways and, and we'll talk as we go further about like the various things that, uh, you know, Hachi, the various things are sort of preventing Hachi from seeing that as a possibility for herself. Um, we're about to get to one in like chapter seven, like the start of chapter seven immediately goes into one. So we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, but there are a lot of ways that, sh- that she has a specific idea of the way that sh- her life is supposed to go, that it is rooted in like very cis heteronormative ideas of like, I-, I meet a boy who's good and nice to me and makes lots of money and I marry him and I become his wife and like i'm set and you know maybe i do a little bit of work but really he's the one who's like earning the money and like Mm -hmm. this is like this idea that she has for like this is what my life is supposed to be like um and we we can talk about how much is that necessary how much of that is uh, imposed on her how much of that is an internal thing where do you even draw the line between those things like how much do you internalize the things imposed on you how much does that legitimate even if it was imposed on you all of that. It's all complexities we'll get into. Well, and um, what's nice is that Yazawa shows us that process like explicitly mm-hmm. with Hachi. Um, so it's not just something we have to conjecture about. It's something that we yes. see her like <laughs> grappling with yeah. uh, over it's the course much of a, the story. We'll talk about it as we get to it, as we get to the yeah. various steps of grappling. But yeah, but even here, I mean, we get it twice. That I can recall immediately in yeah. the selection that we have, which is, uh, th- I think the first way that it manifests is the first night sh- that she has with Shoji, where she immediately like adopts this, uh, you know, domestic rule, and and begins to talk to herself about like you know the possibility of becoming this, you know housewife for shoji etc uh and then that's like dashed it we'll we'll get there uh but then later on i can't remember if it's volume three or volume two Uh, i think it's towards the end actually of the selection we have um but it shifts to the like voiceover frame and in the voiceover frame hachi is talking about hey uh believe it or not like from the moment that I like from my childhood, I always wanted to be like this, you know, traditional life. I think this, it's like parallel to the, I think this is technically the beginning of chapter seven, like before you get to the page, that says chapter seven, but yeah, um, it's like literally like chapter six going into chapter seven. Okay. Um, So it's like, yeah, yeah. very end of what we have, but yeah, it's popping up already. I just want to like, it point out, you know, where it's popping up. Yeah. Um, because it, 
to, to reinforce your your point. Yeah, it, it sort of happens organically in the story. We're also going to get this way where it specifically becomes, and, it, and it's sort of framed as, uh, despite the fact that in this moment, like in the moment in the story, it's going to feel, and we'll get to it more when we talk about what happens in chapter seven, but it's going to feel like it's actually a very logical thing to talk about that she wants to like become a wife someday. But she's saying, well, I'm digressing from the story about how I met Nana. I need to explain that I do, like, since I was a child, I really wanted to, like, grow up and be, like, a housewife. Um, and this is just what I thought my life was going to be. Which, like, having it specifically framed as, this is a digress. this feels like a digression, but I promise to, to you it's important that I talk about, And it's about, a contrast like, from yeah. whatever I am now. Yeah. Or whatever um, seems whatever seems important to me, you know, is important yes. about me. Um, so, um, but yeah, and then the, the first, uh, big, like we get a splash page, um, and I, and I also want to call out here. So we have the reaction of Hachi looking it's after, um, Nana says, guess what? My name's is Nana too. Um, and we get Hachi reacting and then there's like a big thing of remember when we first met and it's like the beer cans clinking. Um, and that specifically having hands is going to be significant. We're, we're also going to see at the end of this chapter, um, I believe, um, or maybe it's the, let me double check. Maybe it's in uh, chapter two, but we're also going to get another large splash, uh, splash page that is going to have hands. Um, yeah, it's sort of in the, when they shake, when they decide to become roommates, we'll get a big splash page in chapter two. Then all of a sudden I thought I'd start crying. I have no idea why Nana's handshake was surprisingly warm and made my heart warm too. Um, and hands will be an, an important image to like think about. And especially like uh, Nana and Hachi's hands um, throughout the manga. Um, yeah. So... Um. But yeah, I wanted One, to note those as like some of the key, like big splash pages we've gotten so far are specifically uh, Nana and Hachi and their hands. So I want to linger on the uh, on the train scene for yeah. uh, like a couple <laughs> more beats here. Um, the first one, I'm kind of going back to. Uh, I think, I think you did a good job of like pointing out the way that um this not like Hachi's reaction upon meeting Nana is in parallel with her like you know her crush her previous crushes. Um so you know with that we're getting indications of like there is in fact a sexual dimension here. Um so I think that's like you know well established that it's brought into parallel with the previous crushes so there's a way that the manga is kind of indicating to us that like, Oh, this is another crush. Um, I'm also interested, uh, again, you know, if we haven't said it too many times already, um, paralleling is a key structural element, um, in this manga. Uh, and, very obviously signaled by the two main characters having parallel names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to state the obvious, paralleling yeah. is a extremely important uh, structural element, maybe the most important. Um, and uh, but actually, but operates in ways that aren't always obvious, um, and and becomes a complex 
uh, com- complexly deployed uh, element. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the, as kind of a first step of unpacking this complexity, maybe, um, the ways that things are similar and then the ways that they are not, uh, both are have equal significance. Um, and I think, I don't necessarily know what to do with this yet, uh, but I think it's it, stand, it stands out to me in this meeting scene. Um, we have a, a parallel or a similarity with, you know, Hachi perhaps reacting to Nana the same way as Shoji as another crush. But I think there's also key differences uh, in how this, like, crush manifests or unfolds um, that are worth thinking about. And the one that, like, it, the one that's on my mind is the fact that um, with Hachi's arc, uh, I don't think I'm getting too ahead by saying this because we already had it last time. Yeah. Um, her arc is really the starting point of it is her desiring these relationships with others. Uh, but her also feeling and fearing uh, that she herself is like indistinct. Um, so this issue of her like identity um, her lacking identity and then a tendency to want to either like dissolve herself in others, these relationships she has with others, or, you know, perhaps it's the same thing, um, like define herself by those relationships. Um, and I think that, you know, that's what we see with, you know, Asano and Shoji and the prior crushes. Um, is her being like, oh, it's this cute guy. Now I can be the girlfriend of Shoji. And now yeah. I can be like a girl who has a boyfriend, who has this cute guy boyfriend. And like all of the, you know, all of his traits are like things that I can give me substance and I can hang on to. Um, yeah. In a certain symbolic way too, like even in the first uh, volume, we get like the joke about her cutting her hair to like match the guys that she's with. Yeah, um, very good and- point. <laughs> yeah, the the like professor first, and then Shoji later. Yeah, and and we're specifically going to get um, like when they meet again in volume two. Uh, Nana and Hachi at the apartment showing there's going to be this like moment of Nana joking that she doesn't recognize Hachi but then being like for a second I didn't because you like changed your style so much like get a distinct style like you, why why do you look completely different today <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but she'll, she'll continue compared, yeah because compared to, to Hachi who's sort of um, and we're also going to get this referenced in, in other ways um, but you know, Hachi sort of defined by not only like that middleness that came up, but there's also this certain um, like indecision that will characterize her. Um, mm, this like yep. changing frequently, um, feeling like very tugged by the the winds of you know whatever her current fancy is. Flighty, um, in other words, yeah. Um, and that this is something that is will sort of be a part of the way that she's presented. Whereas Nana 
is sort of defined by this like uh more you know in some ways it's like a, a consistency of identity but there's also a certain way that it is like inflexible um, yeah inflexible and like static um but like the beginning of chapter three the first like you know page where we we get like a photo of nana while Hachi's doing voiceover, but says, you know, Vivian Westwood, pistols, aka the Sex Pistols, uh, seven stars, coffee with milk and strawberry cake, and lotus flowers. Nana's favorite thing things have never changed. It seems so cool to me because I changed my mind so often. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we're we're gonna get that, but then it will also become one of the like, in a way, um Hachi is able to like have this crush on Nana in the way that she might also with other people previously. Uh, but also because of this like certain flightiness, um, by being roommates, it like locks in that relationship more, but otherwise she's sort of kind of always off, like thinking about other things. And that's part of what's like, um, part of what's getting in the way of her perhaps realizing what's going on with Nana is that she's always kind of thinking about some other relationship that there could be. Uh, whereas the thing that is going to like get in the way and throughout these volumes uh, is truly the thing that's like preventing her from really seeing anything else is that she's still so fixated on Ren. Um, she also has this like static fixation on this one relationship that she had, uh, that also is the only relationship that we see in all of volume one for her as well. And it's sort of going to be this like dominant fixation that, uh, she will have, um, throughout most of the, 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 the series. So, yeah. Um, I think, the other thing that that I was going to say is, you know, so we have these characters, these character arcs, um, you know, at at these stages, um, in in this scene, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what to get to the difference here? Uh, you know, the difference between this kind of meet cute <laughs> and the ones with Shoji and Priors, um. What happens in this like conversation is that they identify with one another, right? So it's different yeah. from Nana from sorry Hachi just taking on like an identity, you know, that's contingent on this on this other person that is the object of her attention. Uh, Nana and Nana identify with one another. Um, and I think the dynamic that occurs is, uh, is significantly different. Um, where we see Hachi like begin to talk about herself. Um, and at moments where there's a couple moments where she's like shifting into this, like, oh, I am Shoji's boyfriend mode. Uh, and then Nana is like, oh, let's not toast to that or like, you know, privately to herself, like, oh, please don't talk about that. What's interesting to me is like you showing who you are. Um, and just like, you know, talking about yourself and your life and your emotions and like being funny and all of that. Um, and then they talk for like five hours. And I think, you know, the content of the conversation that we see, you know, you can extrapolate, um, that the rest of this five hour conversation is like, uh, Hachi, you know, talking about herself and 
you know, revealing her like inner life to Nana. Um, and so they're connecting on this basis. Uh, so it's not simply like, um, so, so, well, so I think in that way, like the, fr- the seed of the relationship between Hachi and Nana, uh, is different from the prior crushes, even though it's marked as the same in the one respect that it's sexual <laughs> or like potentially romantic. Um, but I think that like identification, um, and the way that it uh, evolves um, is an important. Um, it, I think, gives clues for how it, one way that this relationship is going to become very important for Hachi, um, maybe how it's more important or more meaningful um, than like you know the the ones that she's had before, and why it has this like kind of this gravity to it for her. Um, yeah. And then, you know, this uh, is borne out, I think, w- w- through the rest of the story and how we see this, like, kind of un- evolve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, there is a way that this this first meeting, I mean, there's a, there's a I, I know you know nothing about the internet, Connor, but there's a current meme <laughs> um, where it'll be, like, a fictional couple um, and so like, uh, you know, a classic example of this, um, is Link and Zelda, uh, especially cause in Tears of the Kingdom at the very beginning, like Zelda is like excitedly talking about these like murals that she's researching and everything. And obviously Link is a silent protagonist who never says anything other than, yeah, and huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> um, and so the the meme is one character is talks and it's like the character like with just like, you know, wall of text behind them. And then the other one is just like the character like smiling quietly with like no text behind them. And it says listens. And those that's like the character dynamic. So, of course, people have done this with Nana and Hachi, where Hachi mm-hmm. talks, Nana listens. Um, and especially in the scene, it's like specifically called out like the blizzard blew in out of nowhere. The train jerked along slowly the whole way. It took us five hours to get to Tokyo but I was happy as a clam I just yammered on about myself so I didn't get to know anything about you Nana but now that I do I know you wouldn't have told me anything um so that you know specifically it being and and to you know return to the toast that you mentioned um it is specifically Hachi being like uh let's toast the shoji getting into college and Nana's like why would I care about that I don't, I don't fucking know your boyfriend like why yeah. why should why should I toast to that and what she says is we should toast to two girls on the same train moving to Tokyo at the same time with the same name um that's the thing that's worth toasting to is that like both of us are here the thing that I care about is that we're both on this train together um I don't care about your boyfriend <laughs> yeah so, yeah and the way that like this their sameness paradoxically grounds uh Hachi's like individuality um and like identity uh in a way that is not, you know, that has potentially been lacking uh before is is an interesting um well I'll I'll just say, you know, I think it's a it's a seed of, yeah. uh, of this relationship. Um, and, you know, t- as I'm scrolling through, I just see, um, you know, we're, we're at the, um, 
the page following the the hands toasting. Um, and this is Hachi, you know, speaking in voiceover. Uh, yeah. It took us five hours to get to Tokyo, but I was happy as a clam. I just yammered on about myself. Um, I know you already cited this page earlier. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, you know, we're, we're understanding the content of this conversation and it's her talking about herself. Um, so, yeah. Maybe, uh, hopefully the rest of the story will will prove us right <laughs> uh, yeah. in our conjecture about what's happening here. Um, do, do we have more to say with chapter one or? Um, it's funny how long we lingered on, on that scene. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a key scene. Um, For sure. I mean, we already touched kind of what happens next. So, you know, um, they arrive in Tokyo, Nana, like, slips away into the night. Uh, Hachi is distracted by meeting with her friends and then goes to Shoji's. Um, and then, like, they have this oh. conflict over Nana, like, reflexively, you know, adopting this role. Um, and this domestic role, Shoji doesn't want it for her. Um, and they have this kind of argument that, you know, puts Nana in this kind of confusion about it, it challenges her in the same way that we've been talking about where she like, doesn't know, you know, how, how to be and what to do. Uh, and she's lacking this like independence. Yeah. Um, I just want to do another quick moment of calling out that uh, not only with Nana and Ren, but also in this chapter with uh, Hachi and Shoji, we get a reminder of taking a bath together being a potentially sexual thing. Mm, Yeah. 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 Uh, I wonder if that will come up later. <laughs> um although it's also funny because we get about how Hachi didn't have sex uh and take a bath with Shoji because the lights were on and she was too embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh the the idea of taking a bath together being an, uh a situation where you have sex well established at this point. Mhm. Um so, you know, like we covered in the synopsis, you know, they meet uh, at the apartment. Her fr- Shoji and, and Hachi's friends like push her to go find an apartment. She meets Nana there. They, you know, eventually rent, decide to rent the apartment together. Um, and then, you know, her friends are like questioning her on that. Um, we have the stuff with like Sachiko coming up. Um, which I don't know if you want to discuss that in any more detail, the like infidelity theme, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it initially gets introduced as, um, you know, there's a way, uh, and especially earlier, I, I feel like it's like Hachi grows as a character. This becomes less, um, a constant thing, but especially now it almost feels like a, uh, cause there are ways, especially in these like first volumes, <clears throat> where she is figured and she talks about like uh this certain immaturity, this certain like need to grow up. Um we're also gonna get this like 
in the story where she's going to spend money sort of irresponsibly and like have to face the reality of when you live on your own, like you have to budget money for rent and bills and food and stuff. And then you get to spend the rest. Whereas like when you're at home living with your parents, whatever money you earn is just like money to buy fun stuff. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's like ways that she has to like learn those, those, uh, realities yeah yeah is coming to to face the reality that like she wasn't necessarily fully prepared for um this is going to be especially early on a thing with her uh but as part of this too there's this way that like um she is especially prone to like uh having like a thought in her head and then just like running wild with it um you know this gets played for jokes where like after the the tabletop um concert uh one of the neighbors is like oh i swear 707 it's cursed which is probably just a thing you say when like you've had some bad people move into that apartment and you're like uh-huh. oh whoever moves into that they're always fucking loud in the middle of the night or whatever but she's like a curse there must have been a murder here i bet it's haunted um and you know that that all gets played for jokes and is also part of then uh hachi working her way into nana's bed um (laughs) but we get like a more serious version of it here but it's also a little bit joking and becomes this running joke of sachiko where a real a real running joke let me tell you (laughs) um where you know it it starts out with um you know she thought that shoji was gonna be home uh he's still out she doesn't know where he is we we will find out that uh he sent a text was supposed to be to her but accidentally sent it to junko um and junko didn't get it until late or didn't notice it until late um so she wasn't able to forward it on um and so while she's like well where could choji be he's supposed to be off work by now she just like runs into like well i bet she he he's cheating on me with uh because there was that time he said guys can do it even when they're not in love and so he's probably going and seeing his like girlfriend on the side who he's had while i've been you know out in the country and she's a real city girl and like you know has really expensive tastes with like prada uh, prada and you know uh gucci and dolce gabbana and all of that um um, and she's like so much hotter with like much better hair than me. Uh, her name's Sachiko, which is like favorite child, but it's also going to be kind of a joke because she's going to get the nickname Hachiko, <laughs> uh, which would be like eighth child. Um, and yeah, just like goes into this like whole thing of like he's cheating on me with this girl named Sachiko. And then Shoji comes home and is like, hey, I had to work late. <laughs> uh, the person who like worked after me called in sick, so I had to pick up another shift. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then and, like, and then she will be like, So you're not cheating with me with Sachiko? Um I forget how it comes up. At first it's like just mentioning Sachiko as if that is a name that he would even have reference to. And then he's like, Wait, who the hell is Sachiko? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the the comedy of like Hachi's character is uh is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this is like one of the traits that is like played for for comedy. Um, yeah, as you pointed out. I mean, it's a thing that is like still defining of her as a character, and like uh, will become like bigger things that are that are things that she has to deal with. Uh, but it all also is just as a source for uh, for comedy in the same way that like we are going to get more intense stuff later on around her feelings around like uh, being interested in sex being interested in lots of guys uh what does that mean like how does she deal with that but it also often gets played for last where it's like 
she walks into a store and immediately starts flirting with the guy and gets a job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like um, her, that kind of like rich, um, interior emotional world and like her acute sensitivity. Uh, but then also like that, this kind of, this, um, intense investment in like her relationships, um, and her emotional attachments, um, that, you know, are accompanied by like the, these flights of fancy, um, but really like the, the traits underlying it are, are these other, um, these more solid like character traits that as you, as you point out, um, we'll see more and more of, um, I think for me, like a lot of what's happening here is stuff that we, uh, touched on already with, with Hachi, which is like this anxiety. She's like having this anxiety and projecting, um, because she feels this like insecurity and, and, uh, so much of her like life and identity is tied up in Shoji. Um, and then in these moments of like, when she's really experiencing that insecurity, um, she's, you know, inventing this fantasy and projecting, um, these fears of like losing him to this woman, Sachiko. Um, but the other thing that's happening (laughs) Uh, is that these projected fears, um, well, you know, uh, Hachi's the one who ends up pulling away. Um, yeah. We'll get to the actual uh, dissolution of, of Hachi and Shoji next time. I think it's next time. Yeah. Um, in, a, in an episode or two. I think it'll be one episode, but it, it okay. might be. I don't remember exactly where it happens. It, it happens pretty quick, though. Yeah, but um, uh, the irony of this being that she actually is the one who pulls away. Um, yeah, and even though you know Shoji will go on to have this infidelity, that is that is in fact what uh, <laughs> scurrily accurate to <laughs> uh, what Nana is is fearing. Um, I think what's really happening is there is a void there's a void that occurs between nana and shoji for various reasons um yeah and like <clears throat> shoji will later have insecurities and articulate insecurities about hachi you know leaving for nana uh and as the reader you know first time through you're like these people are <laughs> being ridiculous um but they're actually right <laughs> Uh, because they're perceiving a void forming between them that, you know, in, in fact is, is real. Um, yeah. And comes to, to be a, um, a problem and, you know, a, a reason why the relationship fails. Yeah. And I mean, just to bring it up here, cause we'll get to more of it later, but I think it's just worth saying in the, in all of this context, we can jump around a little bit between chapters. Um, but, like, the real Sachiko is going to enter, and Shoji is going to develop feelings for her, um, and there is ways that, like, oh, she's, you know, just his type, all of that. Uh, but there's also a way that, like, 
one, there's just some things where she is just around more because they work together. They go to the same school. Like, you know, they work at the same uh, restaurant and they go to the same school. So it's easier to be around. But also Shoji is seeing her all the time and not seeing Hachi because Hachi's constantly off spending time with Nana. Like Hachi is already absent. Yeah. Uh, because disengaging from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but shall we, shall we get to chapter three or do you have more in yeah. chapter two? No, I just, I just scrolled to chapter three. Yeah. Uh, so it's perfect. Um, I guess the, you know, going into chapter three, we can, we can at least do the, the big final page where, uh, we get this again, uh, romance shoujo manga splash page with sparkles and everything of Hachi smiling while, uh, Nana picks out one of her sweaters to wear. And then, you know, Nana smiling, wearing it, um, sitting on their, the floor of their new apartment where, uh, you know, in the lead up. When I first got to Tokyo, I was freaked out about everything. Could I get a job or make it on my own? How would things go with Shoji? But moving in with Nana didn't freak me out at all. I have no idea why. It was feel a feeling that I just can't describe. Um. So yeah, and the fact that she can't describe it, uh, I think, lends credence to the idea that this isn't a new feeling. <laughs> yes. Um. So you know, uh, more to the point of of what or analysis earlier. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see what this new feeling is <laughs> uh, and, and what that means. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one, I, I think one thing that is interesting, uh, especially like when, the, the second time I read it through, I caught this. Um, you don't really the first time cause you don't get the full shape of a lot of the relationships. Um, like Yasu and uh, Nobu and stuff are like kind of real secondary characters in volume one and then just start showing up here. Um, but, you know, we briefly see Yasu here to help with like setting up the apartment and heads home. Um, and uh, I think this is then where um, is this where they are walking and yeah. Um and Hachi is immediately like, uh, I think that boy's in love with you if he like flew here just to be your co-signer. Uh, and Nada just laughs it off as like in love. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he's just like that. He just takes care of people. It's sweet. It'll make a good lawyer. Um, and I think that like, especially at this point, this is probably something that Nana genuinely believes. There's a, there's a, as it goes on, we are going to see Nana lean more and more on Yasu and, and understand that like Yasu is a person who is generally like, she is correct that he is generally, uh, caring towards care people. people. Around him. This yeah. is the thing that he does, but he, he is specifically, uh, like devoted. extremely patient and devoted to Nana because he loves her. Um, but Nana says, you know, I just see him as a brother. And I think there's also a truth there. We can, we can talk more about like, the the relationship between Nana and Yasu as it develops. Um, but I, I think there's a way that her relationship is always sort of this, whether she's fully aware of it or not, knowing that a guy is into her and sort of taking advantage of that. Um, even though she's, she doesn't really plan to reciprocate it really. Um, yeah. And so. we've seen this snippet of this with, her treatment towards her fans. Yeah. Um, 
earlier on. It, we'll get a lot more of that <laughs> uh, as we go. But, we'll get uh, a lot more of the specific fan that she kisses. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, but her, like, having this um, this coldness and instrumental way of relating to people in at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Yasu definitely receives a lot of that. Yeah. Um, also like as a note there, there is like, there's an interesting thing that happens here because, uh, as I mentioned before, Nana becomes like less known to us right now. We don't get her interiority in the same way that uh, we obviously did in the volume that was about her. Like we are primarily taking Hachi's perspective and we're taking her interiority. But there is a way that we sometimes align with her because we have read that first volume, because we've read her backstory. We know things about her that Hachi doesn't. And so even though we don't like take her perspective we still have it in some way. We are still like stepping into that, that role. And so we get these moments of Hachi being confused about like who you're talking about some apartment and like who he actually, he's not named. Yeah. He's not named. It's just like, Oh, he'll take care of it. Like, Oh, are you like, are you talking about your dad? Um, what's all this about, you know, she doesn't specifically say dad because I don't know if the the pronouncer is obviously gendered in Japanese in this section. Um, but she's like very confused about like, you're clearly talking about another person. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then she'll have moments of being like, do you have a boyfriend? And Nana immediately brushes it off. I think it'll come up later. Um, and she'll be like, not really. Because she's still in this like weird, like, I think I'm broken up with Ren, but we never like talked about it. <laughs> So, um, we're, she's going to sort of continue to be evasive and not talk about these things, not talk about her actual things with, with Hachi, um, in the same way, uh, especially her backstory. Uh, but we do get, uh, one moment in particular and a thing that I think is really important, um, that, uh, especially knowing the like significance of the glasses, um, the, the moment of buying the glasses, is this moment where knowing Nana's backstory, um, also getting at the very beginning of this chapter, like coffee with milk and strawberry cake. We think about strawberry cake, the importance of strawberry cake. That's like the night that she started dating Ren. Um, strawberries have the significance for her. She's going to joke that she only likes strawberries to eat them. Uh, but like in the moment when the glasses are purchased, in in the moment that the glasses are purchased. But it there is a certain amount to which like you can read a certain interiority without it being put on the page here with Nana, where, well, here's this girl I just moved into, and now she's gonna get strawberry glasses that are gonna make me think about Ren. Um and have her sort of having th- this reaction of like, you know, are you gonna get them? Like being in like this weird state and being like, well, if you don't want them, I'll get them. And we'll be like, well, get them if you like them or just like get one for you. And she's like, no, they have to be a set. (laughs) All of this, uh, is like this, this weird little moment. Um, but I, I think it's important that the glasses themselves in this moment are charged with like a, a certain amount that, uh, 
right that now, background. yeah, that right now Hachi is unaware of the ways that those glasses have other meanings and perhaps other pains for Nana, knowing that the, these glasses are going to be come charged with like other pains and other things between the two of them. Um, so, yeah. um, two things I'll say to that. So the first one is, um, supporting your argument <laughs> that, uh, this, that the strawberry glasses in the scene where they're purchased are carrying that significance or that like this is happening. It's followed immediately by an even more explicit, like that same thing that you're describing happens, yeah. but like unquestionably uh, when they go, when Hachi is like leads them into the record store, leads them to the trap nest album and then gets the trap nest poster with Ren on it. Like, which obviously has, uh, you know, significance for Nana, like is, is directly representing Ren. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then her <laughs> buying that and bringing it to into the house. Yeah. Uh, over Nana, like, you know, Nana's objections. Um, yeah. So the, the like six, the successive aspect of those two episodes, I think totally supports uh it it makes explicit what is implicit in the like strawberry glass scene yeah um and the the second thing i'll say um this is maybe um a slightly different angle on on uh on this the strawberry glasses thing but i'm glad that you brought this up because this is something that i wanted to uh the glasses are something I wanted to discuss in detail. Yeah. Um, a little bit earlier when uh, in this conversation where, you know, Yasu and Nana are talking about Ren and Hachi is like unaware of like confused. Yeah. Um, we have this exchange where uh, they're talking about, you know, Nana's possessions because Yasu's just is arranging for them to be, you know, brought and Nana's like, I packed everything I need in those boxes. And Yasu says, and what about your old place? Are you just leaving it like that? And Nana says, I guess. None of it was mine anyway. Why don't you ask him? Me- meaning Ren. Yeah. Um, this is a really great uh, line of dialogue here. Um, because it speaks volumes about the decision that Nana has made. Um, to, uh, you know, to not follow Ren, um, and her relationship with Ren and the significance of that for her identity, um, you know, there's a lot about that in volume one, um, but it's mostly in the positive, right? Like, it's just like Nana being grateful to Ren, um, you know, describing their, the love that they have for each other and like this history and how, um, all these different things about Ren and her relationship with him have helped her, like have defined who she is, helped her find her voice, etc. Um, but her relationship with Ren is, it's not, <laughs> it's not all positive. Um, I think we, we, you know, get that, at the end of volume one. Um, 
but the really gnarly um complications and the deep like conflicted emotions for Ren and Nana um that are uh you know at the heart of this relationship they have those emerge more gradually um over the course of the story um but we kind of have a, a sort of um this sort of open question about like oh you know why didn't she follow ren um or like what really is her interiority around um the choice that she's made to like separate and go her own way um and here like it's explained uh with this symbol of the apartment that ren and nana shared um where nana is saying well none of the possessions the apartment and none of the possessions in it were mine. Um, they were all Ren's. Um, you know, so firstly, we have like attention with all of the things that Nana has received from Ren, you know, in her identity and, and so on. Um, and then, you know, materially in her life um, are problematic, even though they're, you know, We've heard her praising them and grateful for them. They're problematic in that they're received from him. Um, and therefore, somehow, Nana fears, not hers. Um, and then, you know, uh, that being linked to uh, the apartment and the possessions, which, beginning with the strawberry glasses we're going to see a very different type of relationship uh, that Nana's going to have with Hachi where like this apartment and the possessions in it and the life that it represents is going to be shared and like co-constructed. Yeah. Um, and, and this hopefully is also that, like, hopefully that to, was to, a coherent. Yeah. Like to emphasize it with the glasses too, like there's this initial, we, we see like, when Hachi shows the two glasses to Nana and she has this like look of like narrowed eyes, like, ugh, you know, having some sort of little strawberries, she's like sort of sweating and stuff. Um, and then basically she's like, well, Hachi, if you want them, then just get them. And, and Hachi specifically says, I want to get them. If you like them too, yep. they should be a set. It's important to me that it's a thing that we both like, that we like both have. Um, and she emphasizes that. And that is also part of where, um, you know, in this, like, still sl- sort of brushing off any other charged meaning that she might have. She's like, look, I don't really care. Let's just move on. But, like, you know, it still seems in some way that there's, like, something important there. So. Yeah. And uh, that Hachi in this moment is, like, driving this aspect of the relationship. Um, where Nana is like resisting it. Uh, she's resisting this like connection um, and this like openness or whatever, where Hachi's insisting on the connection um, and uh, kind of dr- driving this forward in spite of like Nana um, being closed off for, for these reasons that we kind of already know and that we'll know better uh, as we go. 
Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Hachi's role in that dynamic, significant for Hachi as well, I think. Yeah. Um, um, related to this, too, there's, like, the emphasis when they're first picking the apartment where, uh, you know, the the guy who's showing the apartment to them, the the nice old man who gets them to, to be roommates. Yeah, um, the laid-back old guy. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than the, the stuck-up young guy, you know, the, the more, like... Uh, uh, intense young guy who doesn't understand the importance of relationships between real people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> who's who's impugned by uh, yeah. by the manga? <laughs> but there's there's a an emphasis uh, on like, and you can put locks on the bedroom doors so you'll both have privacy. And we're gonna get Hachi being the one who's like first immediately breaching that, which starts small as. Uh, we get the part where she's like, yeah, I'll help out here. Like we're waiting for, you know, we got to wait for Musicochi to like come in and drop off, uh, the furniture, like the fridge or whatever. Anyway, uh, you go see your boyfriend. I'm going to hang out here. And then she notices like Hachi didn't even close her door. She like didn't lock it or anything. So much for privacy. Just open. Yeah. Um, and then we're of course going to get it more explicitly, uh, that line crossed with like. I want to go sleep in Nana's bed, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so, but yeah, being Hachi, the one who's also like initiating the, uh, we have these locks on the doors and stuff, but like, we don't actually, I don't actually want that privacy. At, le- at least, you know, from Hachi's perspective, um, how much yeah. does Nana want it? Uh, how much does Nana need somebody to specifically challenge that? <laughs> uh, we can get into that more as it happens, but. Yeah. Um, uh, also in one, the scene, I, I want to emphasize the getting of the name Hachi, mm, Hachiko, yeah. uh, which is a joke because, uh, Nana says, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot to deal with. Like now I know what shows you must deal with. Uh, you're really puppy dog like, um, and then, you know, says you're super friendly and obedient, but need a lot of attention, but it's cool. I was thinking of getting a pet anyway. Um, <laughs> This is going to be a thing that is going to be more key. I, I want to first, before I get into some of the more details, uh, emph- like or bring up, this gets figured slightly earlier, uh, but in another, like the opposite direction, where Hachi is looking at the listing for the apartment, and it says pet's okay, and she thinks, maybe I'll become a cat lady, maybe I'll get a cat. Um, and it, it's going to be a while, I think, before we see Nana get more explicitly like cat imagery associated with her. Um, but this like cat and dog, this pet thing, um, is going to recur. Uh, but then also specifically the way that Nana is going to, um, at times approach the relationship with Hachi as having a pet, um, yeah. is going to be its own thing. Like we've been talking with her relationship with Yasu as well. Um, This like happy to have Hachi along as the faithful dog Um, and happy to uh, in a similar way, use that attention or, or take that attention and um, not necessarily always reciprocate it in the, the ways that she, uh, you know, that Hachi might want or the ways that she should. Um, Yeah. That's like objectifying or, you know, instrumentalizing. Um, 
and we can talk about uh as we get deeper into like where it gets more um intense and crunchy and not just like a joke about i've always wanted a dog i'm gonna call you hachi like hachiko the famous faithful dog <laughs> um but uh you know a, a lot of that is coming from like her own past her own uh, the the ways that I think like, and this is where it gets into stuff where I identify a lot with Nana, um, even if I present some of it in different ways. But like uh, this sort of um, attachment wound that I think she has uh, from this like neglect from her mother and things like that, um, like absent father, uh, mother who left her when she was very young, those sorts of things ha- has made her into this person um, where it is sometimes hard for her to reciprocate where she when there there are things where people have attention towards her um it is difficult for her to like return that in in an effective way rather than just sort of uh get what she can from it but in a way where she can like not feel um as hurt if that if yeah, that person she doesn't wants. want to like invest in, yes and reciprocate uh, um because of that like that wound and the like anticipation, the, the deep, deep fear of like being abandoned. Yeah. Basically that will, um, that will unveil itself later. And, and she has just encountered the person who is going to extremely invest in her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, who and is sort like, of have to yeah. like figure out what that means and deal with that. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say here uh, just to, so it's because you you kind of you've brought up the subject and also because I think it's um, something I'm going to be paying attention to on the reread. Um, but these like uh, negative traits, um, per- perhaps it's overstating to to say uh, uh, abusive traits. Uh, more like you know potentially abusive tendencies uh that we see in nana um the manga is extremely uh sensitive uh to them and i, th- I think we'll see the the depth that it will uh you've you've kind of introduced it here already but yeah the depth that it will uh sketch this in um and like and comprehend it um, but it's also very honest uh, about these traits um, in the course of creating this this deep portrait. Um, the manga will continue to be honest <laughs> about this and shout. I think uh, it will continue to not sugarcoat uh, these like these negative behaviors that Nana is having. And uh, one of the, in my opinion, one of the more important parallels uh, that will be introduced later is with uh, Takumi, um, who is, uh, does a lot of stuff that's a lot worse (laughs) uh, than, than what Nana does, um, but is linked to her in a lot of ways that are illustrative, like, for, for both characters um yeah and that help us learn uh uh about them with the the mirroring 
Um, so we'll get more of that like interrogation of Nana's like bad behaviors um, when this parallel comes in um, later on. Yeah. Um, and and that will also be like I think important for understanding the differences between these tendencies that she has, and then like um, the ways that those tendencies can be like further leaned into or further uh, developed into like uh, outright like uh, intense, yeah, horrible abuse. So yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, do you do you have much else you want to talk about with this chapter, or shall we move to four? Um, all I want to say, the last thing I want to say about this chapter is I want to go to the scene where um, Nana Hachi leaves Nana in the apartment, um, and this is a uh, you know we we've talked about how there's little there's little interiority of Nana so far, um, yeah, but we get. Uh, a, a lot of it suddenly here in this one scene uh, where Nana is left alone. She's looking at the CD that Hachi's bought, um, you know, touching Ren's image on the album cover, uh, remembering this important moment in their lives together where she's, you know, puts the padlock on him. Um, they talk about this death pact that they have. Um, and uh, anyway, um, you know, we go into a flashback and then it cuts to her in Hachi's room. Um, or I guess, is this their living room or is this Hachi's room that she's still in? Uh, this is Hachi's room because you can see the, the stove through the door. Yeah. So the common area. Her in Hachi's room, like, um, this is a, a really great uh, panel, I think. And a, a moving one. Um, where you know, we cut back to like uh, the present moment from her flashback. And we see that her, like her face is in her knees. Like her knees are pulled up almost like a fetal position, Um, you know, crying uh, or, you know, extreme sadness. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think uh, is conveyed here. And Um, something that we have a way that, uh, the rooms in 707 are sometimes like uh, impossibly large for a Japanese apartment, especially of this price. Um, and just white, like yeah, just this but, expanse of whiteness. But this in particular is using that, like she's, it is like almost as if to intensify the emotion. Like she seems to be clearly drawn smaller than she actually is. Um, And not just because we get foreground elements like the um, lamp that's hanging, which looks way larger than her and like the chair and stuff, which are like clearly larger. But some of that is perspective. But even if you go back into this perspective to the stove, like if she moved further back into that space and got even smaller, she would be like a, a tiny little like would have to like reach up like a toddler to try and get to the sink, you know, Um, or whatever. Like, she she is like shrunken in the space even more. Like the space has just completely dwarfed her. Yeah. And in this moment, the space, you know, is reflecting she's describing this extreme loneliness and loss. Um because, you know, she feels like she's lost 
Ren and this relationship and which at this moment is the most significant thing in her life. Um, and that, you know, we learn in the flashback prior to having that relationship. Uh, I'm quoting now, uh, for so many years I was lonely and alone. I don't ever want to go there again. Um, so, you know, Ren being the thing that saved her from this deep loneliness that she suffered from, uh, an abandonment and isolation, uh, before, and now that she's lost him, uh, you know, this fear that, uh, she's once again in that a situation. Um, and then she has this massive room, <laughs> empty, well, not quite empty. Uh, but the, I think the first thing that you notice about it is the, the feeling of emptiness. Um, cause there's only a few small objects and the room is like massive and she's like in there, uh, you know, uh, like uh minimized you know in in this space because of its its vastness um so uh the reason i think this is a great panel um and and i'm uh, i want to say this in relation to what uh how we were talking about the strawberry glasses earlier um the primacy of that emotion this this fear and the loss uh, for Nana is so powerfully conveyed here um, that you understand that this is like uh, that this is the primary emotion that she's feeling and and uh, and what's going on. But the presence of the objects that they've just bought, so like the lamp hanging over, um, for one, um, but then just like the few scattered objects. Um, it's also a reminder that like this room is not empty and the things that are in it are these first few possessions that she has just bought with Hachi. Um, and that like these possessions and this room, uh, this apartment, which will eventually be filled um, with all of the things that they share together and symbolize represent their life. Um, that like, even though she feels that it's like, uh, this void and this loss, uh, right in front of her and above her are these, these first steps towards the new life that she's building for herself. Um, that will, uh, that will deliver her from the, uh, you know, the, the the fear that she has or that this outcome that she fears. Um, so I, I love this panel because it, uh, the very subtle hopefulness, um, but the hopefulness that will be, uh, you know, actually that will come to be realized. Um, even in this yeah. like, moment of despair, uh, that she's having, cause she doesn't see it yet. Um, also just to provide like, some more around this too that I think is important. So one we get, um, and, and Hachi's like clearly is seeing something. Um, but it thinks it's about Yasu and is like, you know, don't let your pride stop you from being happy. Uh, specifically about like her saying you do like Yasu. I know you have a lot going on in your life, but like 
you know, you should, you should have him come join the band. Cause he, you know, you want him to be your boyfriend or whatever. Um, and so her like voice, her advice is coming from this like slightly, uh, wrong, like idea of exactly what's going on, the details of it, but she has actually correctly diagnosed, like the big thing that Nana has to try and grapple with right now, which is like her pride and how that, that gets in the way of her happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's specifically what she's thinking about when she goes and touches the trap nest CD. Um, and then we get that panel that you were talking about of her intense loneliness immediately, you know, jump from that like intense sadness and loneliness um, to smiling Hachi yum. That ruled like that was a great burger and everything. Um, and, you know, it seems like, Oh, here's Hachi just off doing her own thing. Um, but instead she's immediately like, well, I want to go back home to Nana. I'm worried Ditching about her Shoji. being all lonely. Yeah. yeah. And she specifically says, I'm worried about Nana being all lonely in the apartment. And Shoji says, she sure doesn't act like the lonely type. But we've just yeah. seen this like flashback where she's like, uh, you know, I'm deeply lonely and I never want to be like that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so again, like Hachi still somehow understanding that like there is actually some loneliness even if she's like hasn't fully um understood it or know where it's coming from hasn't even begun Um, to to understand what what the nature of it is um and you know goes home and finds nana uh asleep listening to the cd on her uh you know walkman (laughs) uh discman i guess um and you know there's the tattoo uh, which she doesn't know the significance of yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, uh, the, the splash page concluding in, I never realized how much you hurt. Yeah. And, the, you know, again, the reference to the pride. Um, yeah. Which, uh, as we're talking about it, um, thinking about how much is contained in, like, this end of chapter, um, the, these few scenes. Um, yeah. She also specifically says here, um, you know, you were a stray cat strutting. So we get the first m- mention here of Nana as a cat, but this will get to, dev- you know, it'll come up more later. Uh, but you were a stray cat strutting. So free and full of pride, but I could see your open wound and without really thinking, I just chalked it up to another cool thing about you. Um, so again, also this like she's perceiving something, but is being careless in some ways, um, and not really understanding where it's coming from or what it means. Uh, but thinking back on it from the future, uh, is more aware of this and how much she was hurting at that time, um, as being a thing that like here she's trying to process in the future, uh, what happened in the relationship. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, the line that you highlighted, um, that Hachi says to Nana of, you shouldn't let your pride stop you from being happy, um, without saying any more, um, this line capturing, uh, something that is, uh, that it already is, and, uh, will become even more uh, deeply tragic about about Nana. Um, 
and that juxtaposed with like all of these other signs um of you know the fulfillment and the love uh and and all of these things that uh Nana and Hachi uh, will have um the tension there um is uh it, it we'll just say important <laughs> uh i think it's an understatement because this will yeah. be uh, so, uh something that is is so uh impactful um throughout the story uh but already here um i think i say this more to to just um i guess uh praise the um or you know i'm appreciating this uh to 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 much greater degree now as we're going through it um but just the artistry uh and the construction of the manga um to where like you know when you're rereading it and you notice that you see uh there's so much emotional impact uh in the arrangement of these scenes and what's going on with them um that you know on a first read through there's no way uh you couldn't perceive that um because you need the the context of of what these things will really come to mean uh later on um to move on to to chapter four Mm -hmm. um I, I want to emphasize something here as well, which is, you know, the the chapter starts again with um, Nana asleep, which is what we saw sort of at the end, um, her tattoo that gets called out. And, you know, at the end of chapter three, she's seemingly like falling asleep, crying, listening to Trapness. Um, that seems to be the like general vibe of what happens. Um but then we see at the beginning, there's sort of the her sitting, smoking. There's almost this like carrying forward of a certain uh, sadness or loneliness. Um, but also scene, like that yeah. panel we talked about. Yeah. Um, but also this way that like it is now becoming slightly more masked with like this cool thing that she puts on most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, but then we get her hearing a dog barking going to the window and seeing a woman walking a dog and she like smiles and seems to have like, you know, we get like a little bit of the like shoujo glitter while she's watching smiling. Um, and then as soon as Hachi wakes up, um, you know, beaming, smiling and says, let's go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then the again, dog they're... barking and Hachi yeah. charging in like yelling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right after that. Um, and so, Again, we're getting this certain, like, way that Nana is treating Hachi like a dog. But I think especially in this moment of her being alone and seeing that the dog and thinking of Hachi and smiling and having that, like, shift in her her, uh, mood is still this important thing. Um, Mm. Even if, like, there's still a way that um, she's approaching the the relationship where she is not um, investing in the same way that Hachi is. Uh, yeah. there's still like, even in that moment, looking at the window, there's like a, a certain difference that is happening where, um, Hachi is still a thing that is taking her out of all these feelings she's having around Ren. Yeah. Then this is, yeah. Part of 
the attachment <laughs> uh, yeah. at this stage uh for sure uh yeah because we get more you know they go out um they get breakfast and they're like you know eating it in the by the river uh but there's more references to like nana is still thinking of hachi as a dog and make cracking jokes about it yeah um you have a particularly keen sense of smell hachi let's get you some puppy chow <laughs> yeah let's get you some puppy chow um same yeah um yeah i don't i don't know where else you want to go in chapter four i mean i i know like one of the big ones that i jumped to but we've got some of the stuff with like mizukochi in between Mizuko mizukoshi i keep saying mizukochi <laughs> yeah um, uh it, it was i had a hard time like cementing that name in my brain on the reread uh i guess it doesn't really matter that much because like you said yeah. he's out quickly <laughs> Um, I, I mean, just to kind of like, you know, narrate it a little bit. Um, so, you know, Hachi starts her new job at the store, Sabrina. Um, she's interested in, uh, Mizukoshi or like long hair again. Yeah. Long hair. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of maybe debatable how interested she really is. Yeah, she yeah. has that like flash shoujo moment when she sees him at first and everyone else is like interpreting it kind of teasing her but like interpreting it as she's interested um so then there's like this this becomes a uh a dynamic um where she's like interacting with him and uh Nana thinks she's flirting with him, and June thinks she's flirting with him. Um, and then it becomes tied into, like, oh, well, Shoji, you know, you can't be talking to this, that, this other guy because you're dating Shoji, and what would Shoji think? And um, So, you know, there's, there's all this happening. Um, but it doesn't really, like... I, I think this is still leading up to like the dissolution with Shoji, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not really about Mizukoshi. Like it's about, um, I think the way that Mizukoshi is significant is like, he, he is the thing that she can sort of project this, like losing interest in Shoji not spending yeah. time with him on of like, um, Oh, I, I like, but it, you know, I, it seems like in a way where it's kind of just this like playful flirty thing that she does. Um, and maybe this like certain, you know, from volume one, like her difficulty of like talking to men without immediately going into like this mode. Um, and so everybody sort of like June is like aware of what's going on with uh shoji to some extent and it's like you know you can't be like talking to to your new boss like this and stuff um and there's like ways that it'll be played for jokes like there's the ultimate joke when she gets fired and uh she's all confused because he's like well i was gonna ask you out to dinner um and it's to fire her <laughs> um, yeah like leaning like, in and she thinks it's like a, you know he's about to kiss her and then he's like i'm closing the store 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, like specifically using the, like, uh, again, the language of like the, the romance shoujo manga, but like for like a, a comedic effect. Um, but there's also ways that like, after all of that, then we get the detail of like, yeah, he's moving to like marry his wife in the country <laughs> or like marry his girlfriend and, you know, uh, like settle down as a married man in the country. And you're like that him having a girlfriend is like never entered <laughs> right. anything that we know about him up until this point. Um, yeah. He's just kind of laughed at like her being vaguely flirty throughout all of it. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I think more his his positioning is, you know, she's thinking about what she knows from June and stuff about like, oh, Shoji's like feeling some kind of way about not seeing me a lot. Um, and so she's being like, well, I got to be careful not to like flirt too much with Mizukoshi because that's the problem. And she's like misidentifying the, the actual danger or the yeah, actual I can't get thing. too close to Mr. Mizukoshi. I have Shoji. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the actual thing that she is like, uh, at least in some like emotional or whatever capacity, uh, ignoring Shoji for is Nana and, and not this boss that, uh, she basically just flirts with while she's at work. Yeah. And like wants to like go out to dinner with cause she wants free food. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, we, and we then probably, so, I mean, we get Nobu coming in, um, um, before that too, we, we get the building of the table, um, mm, which yeah, is going to be you might an important say something thing. about this. Cause you mentioned, it yeah. um, I mean, uh, of all the locations in Nana, like room 707 is, um, the like it's the location it's the important one it's the one that like is going to get figured uh a ton um it, it like there there's a thing i i ordered it because i'm this person there's like a limited edition like nana statue thing where it's both of them they're sitting together at the table in room 707 um and it's like you couldn't do it of anything else. It's like the most important place for them to be together, because uh, especially this idea of going back and sitting at that table, um, that is going to get figured as like what home is more than anything else is mm -hmm. is not just the apartment, but the the table itself, um, and it being this thing that like uh, Nana is building, um, I think has a a, a certain importance here. Um, even beyond just the her her having a little bit of like butch girl swag here, um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, we talked about Hachi being the one to insist on the strawberry glasses, and then those glasses taking on this uh, significance of like, well, you, you we'll see the significance they take on, yeah. Um, but you know, being these symbols, the room seven hundred seven itself being like an analog or a symbol of the the relationship and the life that they're a life they're building together, but then also the objects within it being the, you know, filling that life um, and being, you know, becoming the, um, you know, the place where they sit and the, the glasses that they drink out of when they're sitting together and drinking together. Um, 
and these things that like mark or enable um the this relationship um yeah and so you know hachi brings the strawberry glasses into the fold but you know for as much as we talked about like hachi being this initial driving force um we we get nana reciprocating here by also like yeah. she's building this table um, um she's filling this room as well and something else i think significant in all of this is so there's there's um her thinking about everything with shoji um you know he's going to be busy with both school and work i have to work too we may not see each other very often um you know i moved here i thought everything would fall into place and like it kind of has it's been easy i like got an apartment right away i got a job right away but still it feels like something is missing in all of this um you know i am like still seeing shoji more often than i used to uh but i don't know what's missing um and we get the thing of do i even know what i really want a life with shoji cute clothes and stuff a cool apartment it's all great but something's missing and then immediately goes home to nana building this table um, and then she's going to be thinking in the bath, like after seeing Nana build the table of, I'm so happy. Everything's awesome. It's been so great since I moved to Tokyo. <laughs> well, actually, and then she frames like, what's been so great since I moved to Tokyo? Well, actually it's just been great since I moved in with Nana. I feel so <laughs> positive lately. It's weird. Even though we're totally different, we're kind of like two pieces of a, in a pod. And then again, she's talking about what's missing. She goes and she sees the table, which has been complete and is in the window and says, wow, it fits perfectly. This is like exactly if it's the window exactly. It fits like the, you know, sides here exactly. Like it goes perfectly into this nook. You could not have bought a table that would be better than this. Like this table that you built, it is this like perfect thing that is filling the space in the home. Um, So all of this is like coming together as... there's this way that she's thinking about what is missing from her life is then going and and thinking about, well, moving in with Nana, that's been like the best thing that has happened since I moved to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And then we specifically get like a hole that is missing something being filled with the perfect thing because it was made by Nana. Yeah. Um, and and, then and to- there's no way that like that table could fit into this idea that she had of like, what is a great life? It's buying cute clothes and stuff and having a cool apartment. Um, you know? Yeah. Because this is something created by Nana that could not have been bought as, as she's, uh, as she's like thinking of it. Um, and you know, Nana is just like, Oh, it was just like, uh, scrap wood from a construction site. I had some of the guys cut it for me. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know why you're so impressed, but, um, it's still this important thing. And again, like very important image that will return later is like the table with the intact strawberry glasses on it. Like those things specifically. Um, so, well, yeah. And, um, to go further with this, I mean, really going further, just following the path set out by the manga, um, Hachi's like appreciation of the table. You know, you talked about everything that this table is representing. Her reaction to it and then her appreciation of it segues into this conversation where uh I think for the for the first time Nana actually begins to like 
open up and reveal uh like her her past and you know she begins to re- reveal like herself to Hachi um where she's like oh you know hey Nana are you a professional guitar player um and then instead of like deflecting it or uh whatever she's like well uh, yeah I was I was the lead singer in the band and then uh <clears throat> so you have like this step that's being taken um and then you know they have a, a conversation about the tattoo um nana doesn't go fully into like she doesn't fully open up uh not like full vulnerability here but steps are being taken um like yeah. towards this connection um there's like her being like it's a ren flower and being like a lotus, on... like a water lotus, like no, red. It's it's red. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin it. It's called red. <laughs> um, um but not explaining then... beyond that, but still like saying the name. Um and then in that conversation we get the doorbell, the leather jacket. You wonder for a second, is it Ren? But no, it's just Nobu. <laughs> yeah. But uh <laughs> you know the the Nobu thing that there's obviously comedy in that, um, mm-hmm. especially the panel where like Nanda's standing in the doorway and is just like screaming, "What the hell are you doing here?" And the way she's illustrated yeah. is like totally erratic. <laughs> um, but uh, to like complete the uh, the the table thought, um, so you know everything you said about the table. And then the table becomes this thing that opens the door to uh, a deeper connection where, where Nana is, you know, extending, opening herself up. Uh, and then we get the concert on the table, <laughs> yeah. uh, which like that deepening the relationship even further um, so that, you know, the table being, I think we see the significance of like, uh, how these objects are taking on meaning and then also like driving um, or, you know, exerting their own like force um, on the, on the relationship because they carry like this meaning. Yeah. Um also notable that the concert on the table is uh up till this point the most like shoujo romance uh splash pages of you know big drawings of intense overflowing emotion um where we get like multiple pages of it um yeah and and also with the the voiceover narration um where we get the, I'll never forget that night. Um, it was like she put a crazy spell on me. That haunting voice took over my whole body. Nana is the only person in this world who could make magic like that. And to this day, I still believe that. Um, so. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, we'll maybe see what uh, meaning you know, Nana's music and voice. Uh, and then, you know, by, by extension, this 
moment um, takes on for Hachi. But uh, I think there's enough here already to, to see that it's a deepening of the relationship and a deepening of Hachi's um, infatuation. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just say, to maybe underplay it, uh, but a deepening of her infatuation with, with Nana. Um, well, you know, you quoted it. It was like she put a crazy spell on me. That haunting voice yeah. took over my whole body. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very straight things to say about another girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know. Um, um, I also want to note, before we move on from this chapter, um, we get Nobu repeating this, you know, slightly different, but he even calls out, like, don't make me... Uh, don't turn me into a broken record, but says, uh, as long as I play a guitar, I'll be happy with you singing. Um, so again, this thing that like Nana wants to hear from Ren, um, Nobu insisting, and we get Hachi witnessing it and reaching out and specifically like going to touch the Ren flower tattoo on her arm, um, and trying to reach out and seeing like the tear in Nana's eye. Um, Mm. And then, you know, immediately turns into yelling at Yasu, how did you let this bonehead come here? All of that. Um, and then the, the the hearing the demo tape and then uh, doing the, the tabletop concert. Yeah. But uh, we could talk about this exchange that um, Nana and Nobu have. Uh, I think I'm I'm OK. Skipping past it for now, because we'll have plenty of time to uh you know discover and discuss the the deep uh you know the depth of that relationship and yeah. the the various layers of um you know uh, emotions and and whatnot that's they're going into this there's somewhat uh we get like a tip of the iceberg here um but we'll have plenty of, we'll have occasion to to discuss this later yeah. Cuz um, spoiler alert Nobu will be uh he'll be a prominent character. Yeah. Um I I guess the one note in all of this being so far with like Nobu it's the most pronounced in the manga that we get uh but will be a recurring thing of Nana as well that ties back to that like don't let your pride get in the way of being happy. Um thing that Hachi says. But this like Wanting the wanting it from Ren, the person who she invested in, and the, thus being unwilling to sometimes accept that sort of affection from other people, um, when it's specifically what she wants to have from Ren, and that being a thing that is like limiting her ability to accept things from other people, uh, yeah. to engage then, in those relationships with other people, yeah, and then being like hostile towards those other people. Um, yeah. hostile or like dismissive or mistreating them um, because of you know she's grappling with that yeah um, as well as the note of, of Hachi's attempt to reach out even if it is interrupted by the uh, Yasu calling <laughs> yeah so uh, um, do you want to move on to volume three yeah, chapter five. 
Uh, so, you know, story of chapter five, uh, we, we, uh, it's revealed that there are the other residents of the building aren't so happy with the concert. There's noise complaints. Um, we have, uh, Miss Yamada, the neighbor, uh, I'm say going back into, you know, you previewed this scene earlier, uh, but Miss Yamada saying apartment seven to seven is just cursed. And then Hachi, uh, cut to Hachi at the foot of the bathtub while Nana is taking a bath, uh, and freaking out <laughs> about the ghost in the apartment from the murder that occurred. Uh, and then eventually being like, well, I have to, I want to sleep in, uh, I'm afraid to go to bed by myself. Hey, I could sleep with you, Nana. Uh, oh no, sorry. That's Nobu. Um, Nobu responding with like a joke, but yeah. Uh, Hachi is like, I'm afraid to go to bed by myself. I'll go sleep in Nana's room tonight. Uh, yeah. So you, Nobu, can just sleep in my room. Also, Hachi having the, uh, no way, I totally have a boyfriend, so I wouldn't sleep in an, a bed with you, uh, <laughs> Nobu, but <laughs> I, can I totally sleep in do the bed still want to sleep, yeah, Nana's bed, that's fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh and, and ultimately that, so she that does happens. succeed. Yeah. yeah, that happens, uh, um, we also get the joking figuring of Nana saying, uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but I don't do it with girls. Uh, and, you know, Hachi blushing. I'm so sure it's not that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, this sort of uh, still like a an intrusion that Hachi is doing, but this also being a thing that... Um, will return to and will seem to be a thing that they actually enjoy. Um, which we'll, we'll get later on at the end of this uh, chapter. We also get the, them sleeping in bed, but now not like facing the other way. They, they are closer um, with the, even though I was still such a child, I couldn't be spoiled anymore in the real world, but Nana gave me such a sweet dream and it felt like the pure bliss of first love. Um, and you know, this is just like, even after that instance, they they sleep in the same bed again. Um, and yeah, it'll come up the importance of like sleeping in the same bed together later on as the, the manga progresses. Yeah. Uh, I think because again, you uh, alluded to this scene earlier in our discussion. Uh, so I think the illusion that you made earlier discussion now and then we'll we'll have it probably uh i'm sure we'll reference this again um once we have more of like all of the scenes where uh the possibility of uh not and hachi actually having sex are uh where that possibility is actually articulated uh because this is one example um yeah i think once we have more of them we can start maybe lining them up and uh, assessing them, you know, together. Uh, yeah. Trying to see how we feel about, about this. Um, but I would say overall, like 
this chapter in particular really driving home the um what's happening in the relationship between like uh Hachi and Shoji is not about like Mizukochi or yeah. you know Mizukoshi or anything like that. Um because we get the like wanting to sleep in in the same bed as Nana. Um we then get uh specifically they ha- like Shoji and Hachi have a conversation um about sort of hey you need to like spend more time with me too uh hachi um you know you're you're sort of expecting me to to work on your schedule you know or only like come by on your schedule when when you fancy it but like you need to actually be doing the some effort in this relationship as well um and her being you know oh i suck um you know, I should go see him after when he gets off work. Uh, we'll have like a nice night together. Immediately gets distracted by, well, here's Shin, um, who is going to be the new bassist. I have to go do this. Um, and then we also get with the bed, the kiss, and then the bed again. The it being foregrounded more of like, no, there, there is something more intense happening here. Like you, you, the reader, can't ignore it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 What's what's really happening is Hachi making the, this choice. Yeah. Um to to gravitate towards Nana. Um uh, because the the feeling that the feelings that she's having for Nana and the relationship that's forming there uh is more fulfilling. Um and drawing her more. Uh for for whatever reasons. Um, yeah um <laughs> maybe well, it, some of the reasons we spent two hours talking with, about yeah it coming along with this more uh this like ramping up of the the homoerotic or like at least homoromantic tension between them but especially here homoerotic where we get the sleeping in bed um you know the foot the of the kiss. bathtub uh the kiss uh in particular where you know uh, Hachi blushes, says, hey, I thought you said you don't do it with girls. <laughs> um, you know, having this big reaction and Nobu kind of being like, oh, you you play off of this with like fans. You know, you've yeah, this, this is before. oh, you're doing this again because you did yeah. this earlier. Um, and so there is still like a carelessness to the way that Nana's deploying it, but she's still deploying this with women um, and and using this and perhaps in doing this recognizing this the sort of attraction that Hachi is having towards her. Um even if she's not going to like reciprocate it in a a way that's not sort of this um teasing. Slightly joking, slightly teasing, slightly wanting that attention and like using her sexuality to sort of get attention, uh, but in ways that are are noncommittal. Um yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it's with, uh, you know, here's Sachiko, Shoji. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting closer. So, them, yeah, those two getting closer together as well. Yeah. Um, um, but and and also this being the first time where we get the the voiceover from the the. You know, the future talking about these events and specifically saying like Hachi saying only now can I admit it. The way I felt for Nana was something like love, um, you know, and then 
it felt like the uh, pure bliss of first love. Um, you know, there's still this way it's being talked about as like something like love or the pure bliss of first love, but you know, it felt like the pure, the pure bliss of first love. Um, there's like a certain couching that's still happening here. Uh, but there's also the, you know, Hachi in the future is like more able to recognize what this was. <clears throat> yeah. Um, this is a, a line that I also highlighted when I was reading through and taking notes. Um, simply because, uh, you know, you, you already quoted it, but I'll, I'll read it again. Only now can I admit it. The way I felt for Nana was something like love. Um, the first clause in this sentence, uh, is interesting to me. Um, because what it tells us is that, uh, the feeling that she has is something that is difficult to acknowledge. Right. Yeah. Like when you say, Oh, only now I can admit something. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that would certainly seem to suggest that, <laughs> uh, you have struggled to like, you, you were unable to, to admit it before. Um, and that there's somehow like a difficulty with that or a struggle with that. Um, and I think that's something worth remembering, um, in conjunction with, uh, the, you know, the homoerotic elements of this relationship, um, and the way that those are not, uh, realized, um, you know, in actual, like, articulation of uh explicit articulation of like a sexual relationship or romantic relationship or uh, you know realized in like actual sex or whatever um yeah. that you know it this voiceover we're getting some evidence to to support like okay this is something that <laughs> uh may be there uh, but just like wasn't able to be articulated or admitted. Yeah. Um, and also, and I mean, the first time that y you read through this, you're not aware of what that, like what the period where uh, Hachi's talking from, but you know, just to, to lay it out a little bit more plainly, because people listening to this should have read all of the manga. I don't know if that's true or not, but like, the future is specifically a many years have passed, you know, um, something has happened. And, and when we get there, we can talk about the, what all may have happened, you know, between where the manga ends and then the, the full time skip, uh, there are ways that where the manga ends, um, points you in the direction of what is going to happen, but that, that Nana has left, um, is missing and Hachi is sort of searching for her, um, wants to find her again specifically. Um, and from that perspective is saying, I am now like able to admit the things that I was feeling for Nana. Um, mm. And that being a thing that like one is figuring that future point that we are going to get to as a future point where Hachi feels more prepared to actually confront what these things in the relationship are. Uh, but it also lets us know that like in the, the quote unquote present of the manga or, you know, the past of 
you know, the, those flash, those flash forward scenes, I guess, um, like where everything's going to end up. Um, that like within the, the normal arc of the relationship before Nana leaves, there's still going to be this impossibility between them of like fully admitting what, what the thing is that they have. Um, yeah. The love that they have. Uh, and this being like the core thing, um, that and as we get to it we can talk about what hope is there of that resolution stuff like that uh but that being the thing that already here in volume three it's like kind of laying out like no you're not going to get like you know volume 11 they like kiss and start dating that's that's not what this is about this is about like trying to break through all of those things that prevent that um and uh only like at the end of it, starting to get to the point where, where you could maybe take that step. Yeah. Um, do, do we have more for this? I feel like we've been speeding up with the chapters, but we kind of been jumping forward sometimes as we talk. Um, yeah. I think, I think I'm okay to move on to chapter six. Yeah. Um, and, um, Especially because chapter six is going to have a little bit more of Shin and what we know of Shin so far, you know, there's more that we can talk about with him, but, um, yeah, he's another, like Nobu, we're going to get a lot more of Shin. Yeah. Uh, there's one specific can... thing I want to call out here, but, um, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, yeah. So chapter six, um, as we said in the synopsis, uh, it kind of begins with Hachi narrating uh, how she's run out of money. Um, she's kind of fighting with Nana <laughs> uh, about not being able to pay rent um, and mismanaging her finances. Uh, yeah, there there is a certain, um, you know, again, Nana technically slightly younger than Hachi, but there is this like... Uh, in some ways, maturity gap between them, especially when it comes to like the realities of having to live as, as an adult, because Nana has just sort of had to deal with this earlier. Um, she has had the life experience in the way that you sometimes do when you have a a more difficult um, high school or whatever, like teen years. Uh, she has sort of had to go through this process in some way and understand what it means to like live on your own. Um, Hachi's doing this for the first time and Nana's sort of dismissive about this. Yeah. Uh, well, and also Hachi is like defaulting to her tendency, uh, of, you know, she's becoming overbearing and like dependent, um, because she, you know, she's desperate. She's not at her best here. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, as, as most of us wouldn't be. Uh, when we run out of money. Um, but she has this very dramatic, like overbearing, uh, also played for, for laughs, um, in the manga, but like, don't leave me to die alone. She's like jumping out of the door, gr yeah. uh, gl grasping Nana around the waist as Nana's trying to like go to work. Um, yeah. Screaming no with like the, the, 707 ghost looming behind her um these are really funny uh pages yeah uh but then her like doing the same thing to 
Jun Kyosuke. Yeah. Uh, like, just kind of wanting to, uh, wanting to rely on them. Um, and so, you know, not only Nana being like a little dismissive, resisting that, like, um, over kind of overbearing aspect of Hachi, um, but also resisting that dependence because, you know, Nana has issues with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's like, uh, inclined uh they're disinclined to this kind of behavior um but every all of uh hachi's friends also like pushing her to like nope this is a key moment like you need to figure out this is a growth moment for you (laughs) uh you need to figure out how to like be self-sufficient uh being the the most a dad look just take some money pay me back at the end of the month (laughs) Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Kyosuke trying and then like getting uh chewed out by June. <laughs> yeah. Uh also really funny. June um, says, "Here, take some rice." <laughs> yeah, you won't starve with this sack of rice. Yeah. <laughs> um one other thing I wanted to note uh in sort of the comedy at the beginning of this. Um and which is I think like it's being played for last year, but it is also indicative of the way that Nana will sort of, um, you know, not share or like not, um, will we'll keep quiet about things about herself uh, or deflect about them. Uh, we even get the, yeah. you know, Hachi says, you don't, uh, how do you make it? You don't even have a job. Um, and Nana says, yeah, but I don't spend anything either. Uh, so yeah, being like, yeah, I don't have a job, but then literally like you flip, you know, two pages later, uh, let go of me. I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> yeah. Like going to um, her job. Yeah. Um, and Hachi being like, wait, you have a job. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and that, another thing, um, that I meant to mention earlier, but, um, we got caught up in this, all the other interesting things that were happening. Um, yeah. but Nana's desire to like conceal or withhold, um information about her past uh or you know herself in in general uh and then her inability to um that's an, as another dynamic uh i think to watch for for nana um that will you know we'll get more of that yeah. uh but yeah here manifesting comedically with like then hachi being like oh you're a dominatrix filling in the like blanks with this fantastical uh image as she's wont to do. Yeah. Um oh the one other thing here uh is we get sort of the we already talked about the conclusion of the stuff with Mizukoshi where where she gets fired. Um but you know she has the thought of uh, it's okay, right? It's just dinner. I mean, he's just a friendly boss. I mean, that's not cheating, right? And and one, we get, like, immediately Kyosuke recognizing, like, uh, hey, Shoji, you might be, like, starting to cheat on Hachi with Sachiko right now. Like, I recognize something happening right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, th- this is, like, bad news if it hasn't already progressed further. Uh, you know, in and of itself, this is already bad news. Uh, but we also got our first mention of cheating, but like 
maybe in a joking way, but also um, where overlapping uh, previous chapter when the kiss happens, um, we get sorry, Shoji, I made out with someone else, but it's a girl, so it doesn't count right. Um, which also gets immediately overlaid on Shoji and Sachiko. Um, mm, yeah. So further reinforcing <laughs> uh, our analysis of yeah what's going on with all this. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, we get a lot of that like playing out. You know, um, I do feel slightly bad just because. What's emerging is is how like totally disinterested we are in Shoji, <laughs> uh, and his <laughs> and his like storyline. Yeah, but suffice we're gonna it to get say, the part where it matters, which is when Nana's like, "You should punch him." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're everything of that. All of the significance that Shoji carries is captured in our discussion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel confident. Uh, um, but to be fair to Shoji, you know, he has, there's some, some, there's character development here and like conflict with him around his budding interest in Sachiko and he's kind of gravitating towards her. Um, so there's dialogues that we've glossed over, including this yeah. one right now where that is, uh, developed, um, but I think it's developed along the lines of, of some of the summary that yeah. we've offered uh, already. Um, so, you know, this is yeah. occupying a lot of the this chapter. Um, one thing I the one thing I wanted to note with Shin, and we'll get more about uh, Shin and his like backstory and that stuff and we can dig into that more when it becomes more relevant um we don't need to like go long on that right now when he's like literally mm-hmm. just getting introduced as a character um but i do think one thing that's uh notable especially when i think of shin is like the way that the other characters fail him specifically throughout the the manga um mm, yeah and uh we get the like first glimpse of how some of that is going to happen um with the sort of scene where uh, Shin comes by the practice studio and, and sees uh, Nana playing drums. Um, and Nana at this one point says like, you know, realizes that Shin's been sleeping at Nobu's place um, and says, you should go home sometime. Don't your parents uh, worry. Uh, Shin says, doubt it. And then Nana kind of just moves on and is like, yeah, okay. Um, and <laughs> Okay, <notes>. whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And Shin yeah. notes how, how she's different than most people. Everyone would be like, oh, but I'm sure that they're so worried about you. And Nana just says, well, I know there really are parents who don't care about their kids. Um, and so there's a way that Nana in particular, I think, is going to be one of the characters uh, early on who's more aware of what's going on with Shin. Um, but in, in many ways is not stepping in because of this, like, yeah, I had it rough too. This is like... Uh, you're having it rough. I also had it rough. I'm not like trying to do anything to stop it because I'm just like, well, this is what life is like. Um, and yeah. that, there's a way that she's going to sort of approach that with some of the stuff with Shin. Um, 
Meanwhile, Hachi is going to be sort of naive about a lot of the things that are happening. And we get this somewhat comically played here where she's immediately, you know, it cuts to, to her having dinner with Mizukoshi, um, talking about Shin and is being like, I bet his parents worry about him so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like literally the thing that like Shin was like, everyone's like, but I'm sure they're worried about you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I think the other thing with Nana, um, to your point, so much of the way she, sh- that she responds to Shin, um, is like, Oh, you can be a bassist for me. And like, you can, you can help me like have, you know, create this band and replace Ren. And also like, I want you to like be better than Ren and like kick his ass. Yeah. Um, and so much of that is just her like self gratification or it's self serving. Um, and in, in that way, you know, objectifying shin which will uh tragically become uh a a real um one of the things that shin really suffers in the manga um but objectifying him or like you know instrumentalizing using him in this way um so just to to kind of um by way of agreeing with you there on on that analysis yeah um and then we also get um in in a way and this this will sort of come up with like hachi and shannon uh in its own way later on uh but this is also where we get the idea of mother first kind of introduced there's like nana's response to shin um, there's this uh, way that Hachi is like identifying with the idea of the caring parents around Shin. Um, mm. and then we're going to get, um, Hachi's caring mother who sends the money. We'll find out more mm. next time what that money was, you know, actually meant for. Um, and you know, Nana sort of perceiving, oh, here's this happy family that, that Hachi seems to have. You should call your mom, that kind of stuff. Um, but then also specifically, um, you know, Hachi saying, Hey, don't you get homesick and her being like, I don't have a home. Um, which one is sort of a thing that, especially at this moment, probably feels true for her. We're also going to get her immediately seeing somebody who is going, is a person from her old home who is going to help build this new home here. Yasu. Uh, help to complete it. Um, so yeah, we, we get like this idea of like uh, motherhood, um, home, all this sort of coming together in, in like these smaller ways. And they'll get to going back to right where we there. started at the yeah. discussion <laughs> or uh, in the discussion tonight uh, with the, you know, that theme yeah. being very strongly indicated. Yeah. And, you know, um, Hachi runs off to get stuff for Sukiyaki, which she always did to celebrate. <laughs> uh, Nana insisted, we have to have It's Nako. her home's tradition. Yeah. 
until you get a job, we have natto. Um, but no, I'm going to go do the home's tradition. And we see them like eating the sukiyaki, um, you know, at the table. And it's Hachi, Nana, uh, Shin, Nobu, Yasu, like, you know, Blast and Hachi, they're all here now. Um, and they're sitting at the table and they're eating this food that's like a tradition from from Hachi's home. Um, and it gets specifically framed as like, do you, Nana, now in the future still feel like you have no home? Because the dining room, the table, the chairs, they're all still here. Um, you know, this like pleading like Nana come home, which is going to be such a key thing for that that time skip and, and where Hachi's at. Um, yeah. I think that is a um, that might be a good stopping point. <laughs> yeah, we we brought it all back, <laughs> back yeah, to where we brought started. it all back. Landed uh, perfectly right at the very end of the chapter. Yeah, um, and there's a lot more coming. So, uh, as I I often find myself saying at the end of Ghost Divers episode, uh, we'll see how all this progresses as we go forward yeah (laughs) but also this time we do know where it goes but we're gonna we're still gonna break it down as we get (laughs) go along right Uh, we know where it goes but like you know yeah in the course of rereading and talking about it uh we're really arriving at a greater understanding than uh you know than we had previously at least i am yeah I don't know if uh, if the same holds true for you since you've engaged with it more times than I have. Yeah. Um. My my laptop just said that it's running out of battery, and I thought it was plugged in. Oh. Okay. Um, well. Um, I mean, it is. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Well, let's wrap up quickly then. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll be reading six more chapters, uh, seven through 12, um, the rest of volume three and four. Uh, send in emails to ghostoverspot at gmail.com. Uh, support the network, exportodd.io. Um, go listen to our other podcasts. You can find links in the episode description. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can follow the podcast <laughs> at Ghost Divers or just uh, at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter or just at Ghost Divers on Ghost. Uh, you can find me at Fox Nia basically anywhere. Where can people find you, Connor? At Rebel A-R-E-B-B-L-E-A-S on Twitter and, and co-host. Um, and thanks. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to stop.
that is. Okay, we need to get a seven. Just 57? Let's do uh, 07. Okay. It's more pure. <laughs> All right. Do you think that's sufficient? Um, before we hit record, I had already cracked open the Asahi. Um, but nice. I'm now pouring it into the strawberry glass. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we're still getting a lot of beer in these uh, in these chapters. Yeah. So I mean, again, I think it's going to be a, a beer heavy season because um, that's primarily what they drink. But mm, for sure, you know, I I will look for instances to uh, mix it up. I've got my Vlad Brewing Company. No, <laughs> Fretboard Brewing Company. That's, yeah, that's what it is. So the Fretboard is the brewing company. And then Vlad, the part of the name I don't care about is the name of the beer. Um, but yeah, I've got that again. Yeah. Uh, I've got some English breakfast tea, which I'll leave, I'll leave up to you to surmise the significance of that one. <laughs> How that relates. Or maybe we're not quite... Tea. Yeah, we're not quite there yet, but yeah, somewhere in this manga, someone's going to have breakfast in England. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then and water. Yeah, I've got water as well. <clears throat> Sick. Love water. Um. Yeah, I should I should keep an eye out for for other uh, beverages, but it truly is a lot of beer right now. I'm enjoying this fretboard beer. It's probably yeah. one of the better ones I've had, like for Ghost Divers beers. Yeah. So I feel I feel good here. I feel like you know it's very new. It's just something I hadn't like experienced before, but now that it just feels right. Um, I think I can stick with that for a while. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, as far as like how you want to proceed, we can we can just kind of wing it. Um, but I noticed yeah. you broke things down by chapter this time. Yeah, I I mean, I, last time I I broke it down by like the two sections, but um, and rightfully so. Yeah, and because there are. I mean, there's like things that happen within them, but um, yeah, especially for that first episode, um, there are things I wanted to point out the things in those like initial like one shot stories that like carry forward or will be like important things that like get reused. But part of the like talking about that first volume is specifically like they, these were designed to not like to be a complete little story and to not be like they contain the seeds of the thing that like Nana is, but they they also have like this separation from it more. Yeah. Um, and so you get like backstory about these characters and you get like important images that will recur. But a lot of the plot that happens in them is not like in and of itself key to like the core this is what the manga is. Yeah. It is more underlying things that are just important to know about like 
the characters and where they are and where they've come from when you're like understanding them later on. Like that first, that like Osaki Nana thing, we're jumping the gun a little bit here, or well, people have already heard this, but like that Osaki Nana uh, one shot is really important for like understanding a lot of reactions that she's having in the first volumes because you don't get a lot of her interiority. Um, and like that is the, the, the interiority that you have. Um, yeah, that's all you have basically. Yeah. Is like you have to extrapolate that context. Yes, um, but like beyond that, like the the moment to moment, what's the exact plot of what happens here is less important than like let's hit like what's the overarching thing here, and then we can return to it as we're going on and talking about like oh Nana responds to things in this way because of like her past, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas now I feel like we can do a little bit more chapter by chapter, but I also still think like synopsis, we can just go through all six maybe, and then we can kind of go through and like, maybe we'll like work through the, you know, I think these synopses are not terrible, terribly long. Yeah. So I think we could just run through all six and then we can talk about, and we'll talk through chapter by chapter, but we can be freely jumping around a little bit because obviously we're, I'm going to like bring up stuff about, uh, at least when Later we get on. to chapter six, I think. But, like, I'm going to bring up stuff about, like, you know, the time skip that happens much later in the, the, the manga. So, <laughs> um, at least right. to some extent. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Um, I think having, like, the synopses, the actual synopses be, be pretty limited. And then we can just kind of unfurl the story. Um just go, go through it and like unfurl it um, as we're talking um, is is the best approach. Yeah. Um. Do we do we want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's a short post ed thing, but it's fine. Uh, do you want to take a quick body break? Sure. Okay. Yeah. My, um, my headphones are, uh, dying as well. So I need to switch this over. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think body break would be good. Okay. One sec. All right, I'm back. Hello. Let me check my... Yeah, I'm at 20%, so I got to switch these over. One moment. Okay. Can you talk? Hello. 
Hello, I still hear you. Uh, probably didn't on um on your audacity, but I think on Discord it switched to your new headphones or something for the audio. Your audio on Discord kind of cut out. Your like mic audio on Discord has switched. I think. Wait, hold on. Okay, can you talk again? Hello. Okay, this is annoying. One second. (sighs) Okay, can you talk again? Hello. Sorry. It, uh... (laughs) it, It was being weird. Yeah. Um... I could tell because it was doing a weird mic. It wasn't doing a normal mic for me. I'm assuming like your audacity didn't change because it's still just no, recording on. Yeah. But Discord changed to some other mic and it sounded like it was like the web camera mic or something. It, it, um, yeah. It changed to my like headphones. I guess my head, my earbuds have a mic. Okay. And it changed yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, um, but. It audacity is still working. Yeah. Um, I mean, I assume it didn't change. Yeah. Audacity is not going to change the input. Whereas like discords will be like, Oh, new input detected. Yeah. Um, but I mean, thank God for that. I'm always afraid about this like change. And I try to, um, I try to stop it from happening. Uh, but Normally my uh my main my nice headphones have enough battery, but I think they're uh I think they're uh deteriorating because the, the battery life seems to be um like for a long time it's been a, it's been more than enough. Like I fully charge it, you know, every time bef- right before we record, every every time we record. Oh yeah. Um, I did that this time. It's normally good enough to make it through like three and a half hours, but this time it, it died. So <clears throat> whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, sorry about that. Should we get back into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let me just make a mug. <clears throat> 